This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Until he and I broke up, financially took care of this man for that entire time. Holy and, shit. And I loved him so much that I did, took on four jobs just to support him. You're fucking crazy. While he was at home playing video games. You're fucking nuts. Like, when I say I love hard, I fucking love hard. That's And so crazy. many people give me a bad rap. They're like, oh, you broke up with him because you got popping on the podcast, this and that. Bitch, I was a sugar mom. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's crazy. But yeah, like, I... Working long hours and working hard doesn't scare me. What scared me? In five fucking four, three, two, one. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We're re-recording this podcast real quick because yeah. I fucking, this thing glitched <laughs> and we didn't get that whole story. But we have Cat Lee in the hey, house. Hey, what's up? From the fighter and the kids. Hey, hey, I fucking up? hate when I do this. So yeah. in the last two podcasts, I fucking forgot to hit record. Aww. And then I recorded two episodes with no audio. Like two full episodes. Two full ass episodes. And I didn't fucking hit the record button. Wait, so what did you do? You I, just re-recorded I, them? No, I trashed it. Oh, Because okay. like, you can't catch lightning back into you a can't, bottle. You can't. And those two episodes were so fucking funny. I was God. pissed as hell. Because I just don't like redoing things. Yeah. But thank God I caught that shit fucking early. Yeah. Your boy smart as fuck, man. Well, we were just getting into a conversation <laughs> real quick about Cat yeah. Lee's upbringing. And we found out, well, number one, mm-hmm. just to kind of break it down again, because we're re-recording this. Yes. Uh, you grew up in San Jose. Yeah. I'm and you San had Jose. tiger parents. Direct ass tiger parents. Which, I, which is so interesting, too, because I feel like you're Vietnamese, right? Yeah. A lot of my Vietnamese homegirls, they didn't really have much tiger parents. Yeah. Like, Usually they don't. They Mine don't. were different. Well, so... Okay, so your parents wouldn't let you hang out with anybody? I was not allowed to have friends, like acquaintances as, as and classmates were as far as I could like have a label on other people outside of family. Okay. And uh, I used to get my ass beat if my mom thought I was on like fucking MySpace, Tumblr, Zanga, ass beat. Wait, did you have, do you have uh, siblings? Yeah, I have one younger sister. She's two years younger and a baby brother he's not really a baby he's like 10 11 but he's my baby so so does does he does he also have those restrictions as well or is it not really it's it's definitely loosened up i mean i'm like the first daughter in an Mm -hmm. ethnic family so i'm basically a mother Uh, (laughs) that's crazy dude because i can't imagine my parents were pretty strict too right but obviously i feel like in asian families the the boys are allowed to do more than the girls because the girls are like the damsel in distress Mm -hmm. they always they're always worried about somebody hurting you or something else but you're the oldest you're the oldest yeah. in your family. So usually it's like the, the younger sister has the older brother that'll take care. Yeah. But now it's the other opposite way. Yeah. So for you, like you never got to go out much. And then you went from this to fucking doing OnlyFans. <laughs> Bro, here's the thing. I joke about I joke about this shit so much with my friends. But I'm like, straight up, I am here because I used to get my ass beat. But I also was raised with so much love that I'm good at making this into a business. Like I'm yeah, making money yeah, off yeah. of it. Like I'm not like... I guess like I'm fucked up enough to want to do OnlyFans, but I'm not fucked up enough to like, 
I'm making a bag. I'm doing it smart. So, I'm doing it the okay, smart way. So for okay, I literally just watched a doc on OnlyFans recently, right? The Hulu one? Yes. Yes. I just recently watched that shit and that yeah. shit was blowing my fucking mind, right? It's interesting watching it. So when you as someone who does it. Did your parents know that you do an OnlyFans? Yeah, my dad told me to do it. Your dad is the fucking biggest the motherfucker thing. I've no, ever heard. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. My daughter can go out, have no friend, no sex. Only fan make money? Okay. <laughs> and then you just I don't give a fuck no more, man. <laughs> Here's the thing that, like, I explained it to. So my mom and most of the women on my family on my mom's side, they were all coffee shop girls. So, like, I was a part of kind of that life of, like, hot girls dressing in skimpy outfits mm. to get to make money. Because, like, that's just what you do. And for those of you who don't know what, like, a, a Vietnamese coffee shop is, it's a Starbucks, Hooters, and strip club wrapped into one. It, and it's just, like, with a bunch of Vietnamese bitches. Yep. So I grew up around that. And I saw growing up that there were two types of women who would work these type of jobs. One, it's the women who came in to get a check mm -hmm. and then leave. And then there's women who's there to get a check so they can invest in their future. Yeah. So a lot of girls who were in there were usually, the younger women were students. Mm -hmm. Students who needed money to kind of pay their way through tuition, books, and then there were women who were there because they had family. That classic hood story. I'm stripping for my future. For your future. <laughs> stripping with a heart of gold. Um, and then there were people who uh, came to this country without really any sort of skills, don't really speak the language, but they found this Vietnamese coffee shop. They're mm -hmm. like, okay, this is going to help me support my family, send some of it back to Vietnam. And then there were girls who like straight up went there to get like a drug dealer boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah who gangbang, who will mm -hmm. like buy him a Beamer and some Christian Louboutins. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just saw that at the end of the day, you hit a certain point where your physical appearance will only get you so far. Mm -hmm. And so you need to get in, cash out, and like get the fuck out. Yeah. But you need to use that time and that money wisely because you're yeah. not. it's not going to last forever. And there are certain girls who used to come into coffee shops thinking like, holy shit, I made seven grand in a month. Or I made 14 grand in a month and I'm going to spend it on a weekend in Vegas. I'm going to buy yeah, all these yeah. bags. I'm going to go on vacation. And then there are other women who were like, I'm going to go and get my degree or I'm going to get my real estate license and I'm going to parlay that into something else. And where, so for me, I knew I needed to get in, get a bag and get out. Where did, where did you even come up with the idea of doing an OnlyFans? It like, was an inside that... joke because everyone on Fighter and the Kid is perverted as fuck. Oh, really? <laughs> on some real shit. Um, first and foremost, I'd like to say I lo love you guys. <laughs> love you don't come for me uh, but the moment i came onto the podcast the first few months i was privated on everything i was very very mm -hmm. cautious to be like i don't want to be known i'm here as a intern i'm trying to do like production work because at usc although i majored in theater there's a big chunk of my work that i did with production so i would be a part of like putting on school plays but not as an actor I would like be in the wood shop, like helping make sets. I would be helping the people who are like setting up lights and stuff like that. Just trying to learn every part of production in theater. Yeah. And I really liked being behind the scenes. So when I came on to Fighter and the Kid, I was like, okay, I'm just going to be like another intern who doesn't really say anything. Maybe once in a while. Mm -hmm. And from there when people heard my voice, like I have a deep ass voice for a girl. <laughs> I got a deep ass voice and I know this. So when they heard that I was a girl with this deep voice and I used to talk about how I was powerlifting while I was in college, people that I was like this really hefty butch lesbian. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so the moment 
like they turned a camera on to me and people saw what I look like. They were like, oh, wait, this isn't a butch lesbian. Yeah, this yeah, is like yeah, a yeah. tiny Asian girl and she's kind of cute. And from there, people started very quickly sexualizing me really, mm. really early on. And I was very cautious of trying to be as conservative as possible. I took down a bunch of posts from mm. my Instagram page before I went unprivate just because I didn't want that type of attention. I wasn't quite ready for it. And when that happened, a bunch of people started asking me like, yo, can I see your feet? And at first I was like, huh, this is weird. Hold on a second. (laughs) The fuck are you talking about right now? They went from, they want us to see your feet? Yeah, because you ask any girl on social media, there's always requests to see their feet. Always. People want to see your feet. And for some reason on my page, there just weren't any photos of me at the beach in sandals or anything. So they didn't know what my feet looked like. I brought it up once on the show like oh what's the weirdest dm you've ever gotten can't i'm sure these savages have sent you some uh real winners and i was like well there's the standard like dick pics but the weirdest one to me is they want to see my feet and that became a joke an inside joke where that's now, very real though yeah that's very real and i hid my feet for two years like I this girl not was wear- building her business from day one <laughs> <laughs> I ain't nobody gonna see these things ever. Ever. That's why she's tucking them away right now. You gotta pay for that shit, bitch. <laughs> Subscription's only ten dollars. That's <laughs> fucking fun. But that's how it happened. What? It's the just fuck? like they want it started off as a joke, and even people who weren't into feet just started building on this almost Wait, are you, like are you only showing your feet on your OnlyFans? Like what else? No, it's like a regular OnlyFans. I don't do nudes, but it's like any import model that you used to see back in the day who used to wear like lingerie mm-hmm. or like wet t-shirt stuff. Like that's what I do. I also take photos of my feet. Get the fuck out it of here. It started off as a feet page. As a joke. I fucking respect you and I hate you so fucking much. Dude. I get that a lot. The, the power, <laughs> the people don't, here's the funny thing too, because I, when I was watching that Hulu documentary yeah. about OnlyFans, right? And there was uh, a dude on there, like he's a bodybuilder. Yeah. Or he was. And they try to make him out as gay in the beginning and then <laughs> it goes down that he's straight up. He's straight, but gay dudes jack off to him, yeah. right? But the f- weird thing is, it's like the good for him. How much men lust after women is mm-hmm. it's such a smart thing to just make money off of. Yeah, it's the it's crazy to me, right? Because mm-hmm. just from people wanting to see something from you that they're not privy to makes them want to give you money. Yes, right. Because if a guy came out and was like, "Listen, I'm gonna open this OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see my foreskin." Like, no, nobody's paying to see my foreskin. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, "Hey, we're good, bro." You yeah. know, it doesn't matter if women find you attractive or whatever. They're probably okay with mm-hmm. it. But the fact that sex sells for women so much better, and on top of that, mm-hmm. you're not fucking like dildoing yourself or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, hey, you're gonna get a little silhouette, a little wet T-shirt mm-hmm. thing, and that's all you have to do. Blows my fucking mind. And dude. some people are people are either amazed or they're so angry that I've been able to make the amount of money that I have without getting nude. That's <laughs> they're so angry. But or I they're feel like, Fuck like yes. I feel like that's other. even smarter though, right? Yeah. Because I feel like if you want a hundred percent nude, mo- people are gonna wait for that time where she's like, they're like, she's gonna eventually go nude, and I'm just biding my time right now. Yeah. And that's what they're fucking waiting for. Yeah. That's crazy to and me. And you know dude. what's crazy about that too? On OnlyFans, I've made it a point to DM everyone back. So when you DM me, you're having a conversation with me. Like, I will send you a selfie as proof. Like, yo, this is me at fucking Olive Garden right now <laughs> with my tight. baby brother. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you're talking to me. I'm not a girl who, like, has an assistant who's answering on my behalf. Like, mm-hmm. this is me. You're talking to me. While you wait to see if I have nudes, now we're in a conversation about Key Lime Pie for three months. And now we're homies. 
That's fucking crazy. Now you just so, want I mean, to support me. That's really smart, though. I mean, yeah. well, people actually do get to know you, right? Mm -hmm. Which is something a lot of people don't really do. It's just mm -hmm. so, like, I remember. So once I saw the OnlyFans thing, I signed up for OnlyFans, not for myself, right? Okay. But they'll, you don't have like, to explain yourself to There's me. like, because I'm not trying to, like, show my shit. But I, I went to <laughs> OnlyFans, and then there's free OnlyFans. Yeah. So you click on the OnlyFans, you do it. And then there's like this automatic response from somebody. Yeah, it's right? like a welcome message. It's a it's a basic welcome welcome message. And mm -hmm. so like I wrote back, I was like, "Is this really you?" Question mark. Mm -hmm. And then it's like this very, very uh, just pre written type of thing. And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, is this how people they get somebody? Mm -hmm. They kind of develop this personal relationship." But you're actually responding. Yeah, I think at first it's easy for you because. At the beginning of me doing OnlyFans, I got so many messages that it was kind of hard to customize everything. So I would copy and paste like, hey, thank you for subscribing. I really for appreciate the, first the support for stuff, the first yeah. message. And then once they veer off into like an actual conversation, then that's when it got more personal. But I'm actually talking to people. That's fucking yeah. nice. That must be pretty tiring though, right? It's, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of exhausting. Yeah, it definitely at the beginning, I used to answer like 200 messages every single day. <gasps> by myself so i'd sit on my couch for like two to three hours and respond to everyone's dms go to sleep and that's what i would do day in and day out because i wanted to build a good foundation yeah like i mean, I, I, I know like this is only fans is funny because it's my feet or whatever but at the end of the day i never want to make somebody feel like i'm trying to scam them out of money yeah, yeah, yeah i heard so many horror stories before getting on to only fans of these girls like the bella thorne thing where she got on and she said that she was going to do nudes and Nothing. then she didn't. And it like fucked up the whole system for a bunch of girls. And now there's a cap of how much you can tip and how much you can mm -hmm. give somebody. And I was very cautious of ever trying to over promise things or say things that ultimately were going to I wasn't going to deliver on. I didn't want to say like, "Ooh, you want to see me topless? And then it's like it's a yeah, photo yeah, of yeah, me yeah. Co covered up. But then like I'm not wearing a bra underneath it's just were one you, of those things because you went to usc for theater were you yeah. trying to be an actress uh originally i i was and i wasn't i auditioned for usc the theater program only because i knew that was the only school i probably could have gone into because even though okay. i had good grades i didn't take the sats i didn't take the acts like i did the bare minimum to try to get into a college and in my head i thought i needed a way to get out of san jose if i don't leave now i'm never gonna leave i'm gonna stay here for the rest of my life and I'm going to hate it. So, well, that's what happens to people in San Jose, Sacramento. Like, yeah. you kind of fall in there's love with the towns. city. Yeah, there's a, definitely a lot of town. It's not a bad thing. It's not but, a bad thing at all. You know, I think for your case, because you live such a sheltered life. Yeah. The, that's like the weird thing that I feel some parents kind of fuck up on, right? You mm -hmm. try to protect your child so much, they begin to resent you sometimes a little yeah. bit. And they want to get away from you as far as possible. Mm -hmm. so it happens to a lot of these little church girls who grew up like hyper-Catholic, hyper-Christian, yeah. and the moment they experience some shit that's a little devil in them, they fucking love that shit. Yeah. They go off, they start fucking sucking dick mm -hmm. and everything. You know, so for in your case too, do you feel like because because of that pressure from your parents and not being able mm -hmm. to do that, it probably pushed you a little further away to do stuff that wasn't oh, something absolutely. that was in their plans? Yeah, Absolutely. I only auditioned for theater because it was the only thing that I thought I could possibly get in on. I didn't really have too much acting experience before that. Like I used to do like little dance performances in mm -hmm. high school, but I, I really didn't have a theater background. And so I came in, I did a monologue and I got into a bunch of schools. I was like, oh shit, this is dope. I chose USC. And while I was there, I used to get so bored and I was so lonely. I just like, I had such a hard time making friends because everyone in the theater program either already kind of had their own group of friends or they felt so far removed from 
what I could relate to because they were a lot of really rich kids whose family yeah, had what... money to send them to like these art schools, which mm -hmm. is fine. It's just I didn't really mesh well with them. That's, so I mean, I think college in general is like that for yeah. a lot of people, right? Like uh, growing up in Sacramento and stuff. When I even I went to UCR, a mm -hmm. lot of like, hello, my brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare. Listen, let me cut to the chase. You like me. You have hobbies. You have goals and a bunch of things you want to learn and try, but you don't even know where to get the right information or where to start. Well, you can search online for hours on that bullshit, but I'm telling you, you don't have to get Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. And guess what? I'm using it too. There's a bunch of things to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives like us because Skillshare is about real growth and it has such an amazing creative community. The course I'm checking out right now is YouTube Success Script Shoot and Edit by Marcus Brownlee, one of my favorite creators of all time. And though I've been doing it for a long time, I can always learn from people who are doing it better than me. And like I said, Skillshare is a community of amazing creatives. So remember, explore your creativity at Skillshare.com brain and get a free trial of premium membership at skillshare.com slash brain kids got went to ucr because they either got a full ride because they couldn't get that from the colleges they wanted yeah so like i grew up really poor and mm -hmm. i went to college and there was people with money and i couldn't relate to a lot of these people yeah. how they spent money how they functioned the things that they said the way that they moved was just different like even mm -hmm. on some regular shit they go yeah we're gonna go to fucking uh the uk for vacation i'm like what the fuck is vacation <laughs> you know, like, i don't get no the vacation UK, you have a passport like when summer hit i worked at my fucking parents store and yeah. that's what i did yeah. so like i can i could see that too and theater kids by the way they're fucking weird yeah, yeah that's another <laughs> thing theater like, kids are weird like it's just they're a different breed of people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have this crazy story. <laughs> Tell me I was, okay, I hope this guy doesn't listen to it because uh, he's a good friend of mine. He means well, but he's just one of those super... Hey, man, theater kids are weird, dude. He's weird. He's one <laughs> yeah. of those like super... like. And when I say rich, like rich, rich, like uh -huh. old, old money. His Like his dad owns a part of the Warriors. Oh, yeah, shit. Like he money, money. money. That's tight. Okay. Uh, but he is the nicest kid, just didn't do the right thing in this particular moment. We were doing a play called The Octoroon, and it's a, a modern day take on the old slave play in Octoroon. So it's like uh, written from a black man's perspective of this old racist play. Mm -hmm. And he makes it so there is a black guy who's in white face, a uh, Asian guy or Indian guy in uh, red in red face and then a uh other person in blackface okay to try to like play a uh like a twist on how people see other ethnicities yeah in this play and this guy he got the role where he was supposed to play a native american and he had the role to wear the red face and for this particular production we were all very sensitive about Okay, we got to do this right because at the end of the day, we're doing something very, very, very offensive. Oh, like for there's sure. somebody with blackface, someone with whiteface, somebody with redface. Mm -hmm. And so we got to do this right. This guy was just so, um, what's that type of actor that like tries to become the thing that they oh, he's are very playing? like method. There we go. Yeah, method. Very method, yeah. very method. One day he shows up to a class and thank god it was a theater class oh, okay, in character and he came with red face on he pretends like he speaks like he doesn't understand modern english in the middle of a lecture goes up to the projector starts touching it like he doesn't know what technology is wanders out fucking out into the hall for the rest of the duration of the class and everyone's just looking around like 
what is he doing? And then he came back, like, without the red face and just, like, as if nothing happened. He's like, I'm going to get an A-plus for this. He really thought, like, he was killing it. <laughs> and he's fucking funny, such dude. a nice guy, and he means well, but it's just one of those things, like... And he started scalping people in the yeah. middle of class. Like, what the no. fuck is this guy doing? And I was the only other person in that production, in that particular class, that they all looked at me, I'm like... What he's doing. Dude, man, I'm so sorry. There's just a lot of weird. Theater people kids are weird. World. Theater kids are weird, dude. People in Hollywood are really weird, dude. I'm not sure if I told this story on the podcast, but either way, when I first came to to Los Angeles, right, I was mm -hmm. being introduced to people in the acting world. Yeah. I never wanted to be an actor. I don't even know if I particularly thought doing stand up was entertainment per se. Mm -hmm. I just did stand up because it made me happy. That's all yeah. that it was. And I wanted to be a big stand-up comic because making people laugh was something that I fed off of. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm -hmm. So when I came to Los Angeles, I don't know what this city is. I don't know what it breeds. I don't know this. This, this city is different. It's different, right? So, if you're not from here and you come here, it's a rude awakening. Dude, I, I was such, I was not ready for this shit. So when I first came to Los Angeles, I had a meeting with this dude that was a producer of a very popular film, right? Yeah. And it was a horror film. I was like, okay, cool. I'll meet this. I don't, I don't know what this is about. It's and Jordan Peele. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. I, mean, I love Jordan Peele. But this dude is a fucking weirdo. He lives yeah. next to the the mansion where the Manson murders happened, right? He, oh, he's one of those guys. Yeah. And so he moved there specifically because it's next to the yeah. Manson murders. And so people believe where they where that happened is a portal to a gateway to like the netherworld. They truly believe that stuff. I don't know what the fuck this white people shit is, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going in, right? So we get to this house yeah. and he's like, my manager's telling me that it's going to be a good thing for me to meet this person. I'm like, cool, whatever. We got in there mm -hmm. because he's friends with this life insurance dude and he does life insurance for this guy. Okay. I walk in, this guy comes in and he goes, he tells me to stop. He goes, wait, wait for a second. If Before you walk into this house, if you feel a chill, go down your body. That's just the Native American spirit that's wandering around this house. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, what the fuck did you just say to me? What is your name? <laughs> like, he didn't even introduce yeah. his name. He just told me about the dead Native American spirit that that's wandering so around LA. this house. And then as I walk in, yeah. he starts showing me these pictures. He goes, see that? This like a Polaroid picture of a chair that was shattered. Mm -hmm. He goes, the Native American ghost lifted this chair and smashed it against that wall. And I have a picture of it. He shows me this Polaroid. I'm like... Where the fuck am I? This guy is fucking weird. And as we're having a conversation, he has another lady come in, which I thought was his wife. It wasn't. It was like his friend and she's a Reiki. So she talks to spirits. Okay. I'm like, this is the most fucking LA thing I've ever been to in my mm -hmm. life. And he invited us and I thought it was dinner and shit. It wasn't dinners. It was like a plate of crackers and cheese. I'm like, fuck this thing. Oh, like a charcuterie board? Yeah, or fucking whatever that shit is. And I'm sitting there. And then I have to have a conversation with this other guy. It's this white dude, blonde hair, blue eyes, fucking sweater, sweater around his neck. Mm -hmm. And he's over here talking about how, where he's traveled, you know, what he's doing. And I'm not a very nice person at this point. I have a mm -hmm. very short temper. So I'm looking at this dude and this guy's talking about where he's been. And my manager can tell I'm getting really irritated because yeah. he's just like trying to stunt. And so mm -hmm. I'm like kind of goading this dude on i'm like oh where else have you been he goes i've been to africa i've been over here i was like germany i was like you've been to germany he goes yeah i was like what's that he goes it's a country i was like a country he goes You're yes <laughs> i was like he's like yeah it's like it's like not here it's like have you traveled i was like traveled what's that <laughs> you can tell this guy's getting fucking pissed and he goes well i he goes anyways i went to oktoberfest out and i was like oktoberfest i was like where's that he goes in germany i'm like huh <laughs> 
you just feel my manager kicking me in the fucking leg. Like, stop, stop, stop making fun of him. But this guy's being a little fucking dick. Yeah. We go downstairs, and I kid you fucking not. He opens up this door. He goes, David, I want you to walk into the earth room. And I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Walk into the earth room. There are spirits inside there. And when you walk in, you're going to be overwhelmed. We open this door and it's it's like in the Hollywood Hills. So mm. you see this door that opens up and it's just a mound of dirt. Mm. So it's a part of the foundation to the house, yeah. this dirt. I walk in, it's just a cold ass room. And I walk mm. out, he goes, did you feel that? No. He goes, let me go inside. He goes into mm. the earth room and he goes, oh, oh, the spirits, the spirits are talking to me. And he starts freaking the fuck out. I'm mortified right now. What the fuck is going on? And so we're trying to wrap this shit up. Yeah. I go outside. The Reiki comes up to me and she goes, it was nice meeting you, David. She hugs me five minutes straight. Doesn't let me go. And I'm sitting here staring at my manager, pissed beyond belief because she's hugging me and she's mm. like doing this chant, rubbing my fucking mm. back. I'm like, is this bitch trying to have a fucking threesome? Get the fuck off me. I think that's assault, David. <laughs> I think I it was. They're sexually harassing me, I dude. think she, you were sexually harassed. I think so too. This is my first experience in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I, I didn't know what was going on. This city breeds very weird people and mm. he has money. And I think a lot of people wanted to be his friend because he has money. Yeah. So like for me, I don't really function like that. So mm. I was just like, yo, get the fuck off me. Get, get me the fuck out of here. And from that point on, I said, when it comes to meetings, you take the meetings. I don't want to be there. Yeah. You fucking figure it out because I'm going to sit there and make fun of somebody else mm -hmm. and I'm going to freak out when this happens, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how your experience is in like the, the podcast, like comedy mm -hmm. world, because that's a whole world that other people don't even know about. Yeah, it's a crazy world. I think the first real bit of like crazy L.A. stories I got was a few weeks after I had got the job at Fighter and the Kid, I got a second job at a apartment building. Mm -hmm. I just graduated from college. So I was like, I need to make money and be able to pay LA rent. So I picked up a second job. And while I was there, it's the type of place where a one bedroom goes for at least six, $7,000. And like this, like one bedroom yeah. isn't a very big one bedroom either. You get like maybe 600 square feet for like six, seven grand. And it's in West Hollywood, super bougie. It's pretty, but not that pretty. You get a house car driver in a Rolls Royce or a Maybach who will drive you around town. Like it's that type of place. LA, yeah. Like LA, Hollywood, bougie ass mm -hmm. people. This building has nothing but fucking crackheads in it. Really? Not actual crackheads, but like, actually, you know what? Yeah, some crackheads. Yeah. But they just... It was a bunch of rich people with this L.A. mentality of like they, they have this very specific idea of what they should be doing, who they should like, what they should look like, what mm -hmm. should they should act like. And there was this guy who used to for like the life of me, I couldn't understand very high power lawyer in Hollywood go and he would remodel his unit, his two bedroom unit that he did not own. But he lived in for two years. He just wanted to keep busy so much. And he loved interior design. He hated his law job. But it financed his ability to interior decorate this apartment that he does not own. And he put marble walls everywhere. What the fuck? He redid the entire structure of his two-bedroom apartment. So everything is marble. And he would change the type of marble it was every three, four months. And he'd always have construction workers coming in and out of the building that he does not own. So he could have this like beautiful, like eccentric, beautiful apartment. He didn't want a house. He would be up 
all hours of the day, like three in the morning, security guards who stay there overnight would see him come in and out, like smoking, bring people in his unit and then out of his unit like we think it was just like a bunch of his like weird friends coming in his assistant used to bother us like crazy because i was working the front desk and he'd come in with these stupid demands like oh we need a carpenter today and i was like okay let me call and see he's like no 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 in 20 minutes and for those 20 minutes he'll go upstairs and call me every two minutes to see where i'm at with this task and he would come downstairs and he would then when you left he would ask your coworkers for your phone number to see where you went on that topic. And so like I had people calling me outside of work like, who the fuck is this? How did you get my number? Yeah. Like what the hell is going on? And people walking in and out of the unit like, oh, I'm here for a fitting. And they have nothing but like nibble tassels on. What And like fuck? big time Hollywood producers coming in and out drunk, just like crashing their car at three in the morning every single week. And we're like, well, we have to give him his car keys because dude, when people have money, they do some of the weirdest things, man. Like yeah. it's, it's almost like, and I, and I find this out a lot with people who kind of grew up with money mm-hmm. because their, their idea of what a good time is starts very small. And I had a conversation with, uh, on this podcast recently about people who kind of grow up with nothing. They feel this experience of coming up right? Mm-hmm. Some of our favorite experiences that we have, especially that for, for me anyways, because I grew up very poor, is these small little victories, right? Mm-hmm. Well, these victories for people who are already rich, it's kind of already a given. So yeah. their level of experience- The threshold is so high for that already. It's so fucking yeah. high. So that's why there's drugs, there's people who are doing crazy shit. I mean, whenever you ever seen like, it's very rare that you see a Disney kid that turned out really well. Well, yeah, because they're, they're given the fucking world. Even somebody like Justin Bieber, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure when you see his first, he's a YouTuber. People forget that. Yeah, he was on YouTube and Usher found him off that. Yeah, it was like Brian McKnight, Usher. They found this kid and he was a gem. He was a YouTuber. He is the classic uh, example of a YouTuber making something bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, he was given everything. He has guest men around him everywhere, and he goes up and then you see him go through his drug issues, mm-hmm. uh, his his personal issues being put out there, dude. I know somebody who used to uh, work for an agency that had to get him to sign off certain things um, so, so he could travel internationally. Mm-hmm. This fool would have my friend um, sit there and because he was like on his Christ tip, right? Like Justin mm-hmm. Bieber's Christ tip. He would have people come in and she would just needed a signature from him and she wouldn't uh, do, basically he's like, you know, he's trying to hit on her or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And she would have to sit there for hours because he doesn't want to sign it. Mm-hmm. So she would sit there for six, seven hours waiting for him mm-hmm. to sign something. And then he would bring some random girl in, bring her upstairs. And she told me that <laughs> this fool would be upstairs chanting Bible verses to this girl before they fuck. <laughs> like, have you, like he, she said that. No. He's asking her, have you accepted God? Real. Have you accepted God as your Lord and Savior? Right. And she would say yes or something. Mm-hmm. And then they would fuck. Will you accept this dick? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, yo, people are fucking weird, dude. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, everybody has these weird stories of these like celebrities and they have to be real. Yeah, like, they. LA just breeds different type of like weird rich people. Yeah, for it's sure. It's really, really odd. I, I don't think I've ever met someone from LA who's kind of in the, I guess like LA Hollywood scene that's like of sound like mind. Yeah, and you know everyone's people, kind of wonky in one way or another. Yeah, people get caught up in in some shit too because the 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 standard of what normal is is based on the group that you're around, right? Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, like I I see a lot of these dudes where I ask them who are your closest friends is people that they met within the first two three years. Yeah. 
like I still have the same best friends since high school. I still have the mm -hmm. same friends in Sacramento and I have really close friends here. My circle is actually very tight and very small. But uh, a lot of people that I meet here, they don't have that tight circle, which is understandable too. Like sometimes, mm -hmm. like I don't know where you came from. It probably wasn't that great. So I get it. But for me too, like one of the, the, the things that I find weary about somebody is when they can't find a strong stable of human beings around them. Yeah. Because typically what happens is, is that if if you have to be uh, somebody who hops from group to group, usually you're probably the issue compared to everybody else. Mm -hmm. Typically, not saying that some. I mean, obviously, we've had people who grew up in bad areas where you don't want to be friends with them anymore. Yeah. But now I'm a little bit cautious about people who can't find a stable group of people because mm -hmm. they're so used to going in and out. There's a loyalty issue too in this city. Like there's yeah. no loyalty. Like yeah, like once you're done, it's a lot of times you hang out with someone up until they can't do anything for you anymore, and then you flip. Oh, a hundred percent. And that makes me sad too. It's very transactional. I, I've, I've had that happen like once in the city and it doesn't happen again. Cause like, I just, like I told the story too, where this guy, he, he's a habitual fucking, uh, lighter, uh, ladder climber, right? Yeah. He gets what he wants. He goes on to somebody else. He goes on to somebody else. But that shit runs out too, because after a mm -hmm. while people pick up on that shit. And also too, when you can't, when you have no skill set for yourself and your skill set is just mooching off of somebody else, that shit runs out. Yeah. It, it always runs out. For people who want to be in entertainment, that never fucking works in the long run because people get tired of that shit. They're going to move on from you. You have nothing to offer and they'll use you just like you try to use them. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's something that's very repetitive in this city. And I've, uh, I've, I've been very careful about who I select around me. Mm -hmm. And even now, like everything is always going to be based on fun. Like if, if I'm not having fun with you, I'm not going to work with you because I got to see your fucking face all the time. Yeah. You know, money runs out. Like my mom is very particular about that. Like there was a certain point where I was working so hard where money was abundant, but I wasn't very happy. Mm -hmm. So that's the part where I'm, I'm learning to balance that a lot. Because at the end of the day, when I look at other people who have less, less than me and they're happier than me, that I have something missing here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not functioning right here, right? Mm -hmm. Why the fuck is it that I could have all this material wealth, but they're the ones smiling all the time and I'm over here fucking miserable. Yeah. That's off. It doesn't make any sense. There's people I know who live in Hawaii. They have to work like two, three jobs mm -hmm. to get by sometimes. And they're the happiest people I've ever seen. So where, where am I fucking up right now that I feel like I have to have more things to make me happier? And I figured out that's not for me. And I think people like me and Joe, Joe figured that out. You see Joe. Joe's fucking nuts. First of all, I fucking <laughs> love the energy that Joe has. I don't know what it is. He's such a free spirit and he's so weird and eccentric, but like pure. Let me tell if you that something. that makes any sense. You want to talk about free? Joe went to uh, fucking uh, uh, Vietnam and he ate, ate out a hooker's pussy. <laughs> Wait, what? It was a story he told on the podcast oh my a while God, ago. God bless him. Yeah, I this, knew I liked him. This motherfucker was like, <laughs> let me do your job for you, bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> this dude cracks me the fuck up. But even for him, too, like he had to figure out what makes yeah. him happy. He and I both went through a, a period where we were trying to work so hard. It's, we said to ourselves that we are going to work so fucking hard right now that later on, then we can be happy. Yeah. We found out we could be happy now and still continue to work. Like he lives, he's like this close to living off the fucking grid. Yeah. Right. And you know, we, he looks we, like it. <laughs> let's just say something. He looks like he's, <laughs> he was a samurai for years and he traveled time. And then he's like, tried to figure like, out you, how to Have be you human. heard that story of that, uh, Japanese guy stuck in a cave who didn't know the war was over and he lived there for like no, 10, what 15 the years. Fuck? Okay. So 
I'm going to butcher the story, but there was a man during uh, the war. I forgot which war. Terrible storytelling. But basically, he hid in <laughs> a war. A war. <laughs> yeah. A war with Japan. Yeah. Um, but it was a Japanese man who hid in a cave because he thought the enemies were going to get him. Years down the line, he stayed in this cave for about like 10 to 15 years, like for well over a decade. When somebody came and found this odd old like man, hair disheveled, mm -hmm. looks like fucking Asian Tarzan, they asked him, what are you doing? And he tried to kill those guys because they thought he thought they were the enemy. Yeah. And he didn't know the war was over. That's what I get from Joe. What the fuck? That's what I get from Joe. <laughs> Joe a is, man who doesn't know the war is over. <laughs> Joe has figured out the key to his happiness, right? And it's a beautiful thing, though. Like oh, you can tell sure. when you see him. Yeah, man. And we went through a, a a very. I mean, imagine Joe being as a free spirit as he is, right? Yeah. And for people who are newly, Joe Jitsukawa is uh, a part of uh, this company called JK News. Um, I'm only saying this as people who don't know sometimes, mm. but uh, we both. They, they built a really large company and albeit it was a lot of work. Yeah. And I think the the thing that we didn't think about is that when we build this company and we have people who are employees who are under us, we are now responsible for their livelihood. And that was a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, To be in a position where we have to worry whether they're going to get a next meal or not was a pressure that I felt like I couldn't really handle. That's why <laughs> I functioned by myself because yeah. of my anxiety. Like I'm more worried about this person's paycheck than I am about my own well-being mm -hmm. because I don't want to fail them. And that's, that was the same thing for them, too. They're like, well, we built this company and we were thinking about building it out. Like we spent a shit ton of money on these commercial offices. Mm -hmm. And then we go, I don't think I like this. Like I I, I made my I made a desk job for myself. Mm -hmm. How the fuck did I do YouTube and then make a desk job, which mm -hmm. is something that I never wanted to do. And I started doing like these scheduled things. And I figured out that I had to figure for a, both of us, we had to figure out a way where we could do the work, but still have our fun now. Because at the end of the day, like I'm 33 now. Well, let's say I want to work hard for 10 years, then I'm 43, then I get to have fun. Mm -hmm. Fuck that, dude. Life is short. I want to have yeah. fun and be able to do both. And it's a matter of me figuring out how much do I need of these material things. And I don't really need much. I grew up as a Christian boy. Like, mm -hmm. in, even within that religion, it's like, yo, you don't need material things to be happy. So when we started making a lot of money, I started buying everything that I wanted. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Brendan Schaub has a huge kit collection. I mm -hmm. guarantee you, five years ago, my my kit collection shitted on his. Like, Jesus it was Christ. every fucking shoe you could fucking imagine. I had, and so who's your shoe plug? I didn't have a plug. I just spent that money. He didn't. Fucking oh, matter. yeah, I didn't give a fuck. Okay, so because I grew, because I wanted everything I didn't have when I was yeah. a kid. So that was my basis of happiness. I bought this thing. I walked away, and I said, mm. "This is gonna make me happy." And it never does. And I was like, no, it's not. I got to buy another shoe. Put it on. And that's how it happens. It's a slippery <laughs> slope. Then you have LA. Yeah. <laughs> and, then and then you have LA. I would, I'm like this dude that has a bunch of shoes. I never wear them, never put them on my mm -hmm. feet. So now I, I have this thing where it's like, I don't give a fuck how much the shoe is worth. If I fuck with it, I'll buy it, but I'll wear it all the time. Yeah. So now my shoe collection is down to like maybe 20 shoes now. So I don't have any of those shoes anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that was we, what we figured out. We enjoyed life experiences. We enjoyed traveling. I enjoy time with people now. Yeah. This is what this podcast is. I enjoy talking to new people. I enjoy hearing your story mm -hmm. because this is the stuff that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm not going to remember the shoe that I fucking bought. I'm not going to remember fucking, I don't know, like uh, the, the car that I buy. Any of this stuff, is I'm going to forget about it. Because once that value goes away, you're going to try to replace that with something new. Something yeah. new. But that's why people have kids. That's why people build these things because they want to build it with the people around them. Because imagine if mm -hmm. I was successful by myself. How lonely is that? 
How lonely is that? Dude, <laughs> here's the thing. I I felt that recently because I was at that same place where I was working as hard as I could. And at one point I was juggling four jobs. Damn. I was juggling four jobs. Granted, there was there were other circumstances at play. Like, whatever. Okay. If you know my ex-boyfriend, please don't say anything to him. Okay. He's, he's a good guy. Nice guy. But uh, he went through a rough patch. And when he moved to L.A., it was very sudden and very abrupt. Yeah. I was here. I had just graduated from USC. And I was starting to kind of get into my, like, adulthood. I got my first like adult job at a podcast and I was on the way to do an interview with another one when he said I need to move out of where I'm at now in San Jose he and I were high school sweethearts I was with this guy for a damn near 10 years whoa like 14 to 23 almost 24 like <gasps> high school sweetheart I thought I was gonna spend the rest of my life with this man I loved him more than I think That's I've loved anyone nuts. in my life mm -hmm. and uh because because we've been together for so long it didn't shock me when he was like, oh, like, can I move in with you? Because I had been with him at that point for like six mm -hmm. years already. I'm like, yeah, sure, move in. So he came and he moved in with me. And about a month before he moved in with me, he had gotten a puppy. And I just moved out of the old apartment I was at that my parents used to pay for. And so now I'm living in basically a closet in Burbank where it's 500 square feet studio yeah. apartment with all of the furniture that I had from a like 700 square foot apartment <laughs> yeah. so everything's like it looked like a hoarding situation and now i have his stuff too and he was going through some shit where he was having a hard time making money and i mm. supported him from the day he not even the day i would say like six months before that up until he and i broke up financially took care of this man for that entire time holy and, shit and i loved him so much that i did, took on four jobs just to support him you're fucking while crazy. he was at home playing video games you're fucking nuts. Like when I say I love hard, I fucking love hard. That's and so crazy. many people give me a bad rap. They're like, oh, you broke up with him because you got popping on the podcast, this and that. Bitch, I was a sugar mom. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's crazy. But yeah, like I working long hours and working hard doesn't scare me. What scared me was like the the thought of like losing somebody that I love. So I was willing to work all these jobs. And I was having no fun. I had no friends. I had no sort of like sense of stability. Mm. And when he and I ended up breaking up, it was like the I was out of that relationship mentally for, I'd say, about eight months because I was just working the entire time. I never saw him. Holy shit. And I got to a place where I was like, damn, I'm not having fun. And I am in my early 20s. I'm working my dream job at a podcast. I don't even care that I'm working these other jobs, but I'm just not fucking happy. Like, why am I not happy now? Mm. And so I started telling myself, maybe if you just keep working your ass off, working your ass off now, later on, it'll pay off and you can be happy then. I don't know yeah. when it is, but it'll be later. And once you have a certain amount of money in your bank account, you and him will be good again. It'll be like none of this ever happened. It'll be a funny little story. And so fast forward uh, a year and a half in, all that hard work started to pay off and I got taken on full time at the podcast. So now I'm just podcasting full time and I am making more money than I have made with those past like three other jobs combined. Yeah. And I'm so happy I'm in this brand new apartment. It's like a nice, it's not like that bougie, but in comparison to the 500 square foot it's like, a closet, up. it feels good. It, yeah, it was amazing. And then he and I just sat down one day while we were settling into this new apartment. I was like, 
it I'm didn't fix anything. Yeah. Happy. I'm looking around and I'm like, I should be happy. Everything should be the same. And it wasn't until like he and I broke up and I had a real conversation about with him like, yo, I love you. But in four months, if this keeps going on, I'm going to hate you. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that we got to split up or I'm going to hate you and resent you for years to come. Like, I don't want it to come to that. I've been with you forever. You're like my best friend, but we need to split ways. And so we broke up, didn't end the best. But then after that, I was alone for a while. And suddenly, like after the whole breakup happened and I became okay with being alone for the first time since I was 14. Oh shit, that's rough, I was like, yeah, the first like two months, it was fucking rough. I'm telling you, this woman leaves me, I'm dead. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I, I, I don't i wouldn't know what to do i don't know how to talk to women anymore I'm, that's why i i thought i was so lucky because i was like okay i got out of this while i was 24 imagine if this happened and i was like 37 oh you'd be fucked like I, I, i'd be fucked i have no social skills like if i come i, I wouldn't know what to do like yeah. if i came up with the girl i'm like hey well, like a nice pussy like that's a nice pussy like what'd you say i don't know i don't know what i'm doing i'm sorry <laughs> yeah but like the moment i was alone i and i finally got to breathe i was like okay i can start kind of rebuilding a foundation of what makes me happy isn't that crazy though because you've been with somebody so long a lot of your moves that you make isn't about yourself it's about you them. and them right and so it's yeah. like I, especially in your case because mm-hmm. you took on such a, a I honestly like a mother responsibility yeah. everything that you were doing was to was for this guy yeah and then now you're in a position where it's like i don't this is not my responsibility now i have to focus on myself i have yeah. to focus on cat and now you're just in this new world where you have to learn how to adapt to this because it wasn't how it was before. And it's so weird. Like, because I, I had been with him since I was 14. Like, I never really had a dating, like, wild party girl dating stage. I was, I went from being super sheltered with this boyfriend to like now I'm single and I'm 24. Did he feel like you were leaving him because of your success? No, he knew it wasn't that. I straight up told him, like, I need you to pull more weight in. And, he and if, and he started to very, very slowly, but only when I had to ask him, which it was is one of those attractive. things where it's like, yeah, it's not attractive to have yeah. to ask your significant other, like, I need you to financially bring, bring in your weight. Yeah. When like, I know that I am making enough money to take care of both of us comfortably now, but I shouldn't have to ask you. Yeah, there's no, I mean, where's his pride in as a human being too? Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that, let's say like my fiance makes more than me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop working. I'm yeah. going to still do what I do and have a passion about what I do. Yeah. And it sucks for you when you're such a motivated human being, you're finding things every day to kind of level up and mm-hmm. your partner isn't doing the same. It, it brings you down. Yeah, it, it happens does. in your personal friendships too. Right? Absolutely. With you, friendships all the time. And you're mm-hmm. just like, ah, oh, this is a fucking bummer. Yeah. If and some, when you see the mm-hmm. first beginnings of it, you're like, fuck. I hope I'm proven wrong, but a, a I know how this yeah. ends. And I say it all the time. It's it's not that something's wrong with the the, the people that we have around us. It's like we could still be acquaintances, mm-hmm. but the more I start to try to be better and you start to we're go on different be, paths. We're on different paths. Yeah. We're still close. We're still homies. Yeah. But now we have less and less to talk about because every time we come back, we have a conversation. It's about what I'm doing. And I ask you what you're doing. You go, oh, same shit. Yeah. And then the conversation dies. We relate less. Mm-hmm. And that sucks more on a, on a relationship level too. Like I've always wanted to be with somebody who was independent and has goals of their own. Yeah. And um, we, I talked about it with my fiance and she opened up on this podcast talking mm-hmm. about how she was in a position where she thought that she didn't realize it, but everything she was doing was for me. She goes, I'm happy when David's happy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to be happy on your own. 
Yeah. You my your happiness shouldn't be dictated by how I feel. Mm-hmm. It should be how you feel. And so she found that out going through therapy. And yeah. I think that's the part where people get lost sometimes in their relationships. Like your personal happiness is dependent on your partner. And that's not fair. And for him, he was probably okay kind of cruising. And he probably knew mm. things were going bad. Yeah. But, you know, you were paying for everything. I think it also didn't help. Like, I don't think it was him necessarily trying to play victim, but that I would coddle him too. Because yeah. I would feel bad. Like, oh, like I kind of put him in this position where like I'm making the money. He came to LA to be with me. So like I should. Like and suddenly like guilt. it felt like responsibility. And then that's where resentment happened. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot to fucking deal with though. I couldn't yeah. imagine being in a 10-year relationship and then trying to make moves after. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the, I feel it's a little easier for girls though. Like, oh, it's definitely easier for Yeah, girls. you know, there's always a line waiting yeah. waiting for a girl. It's like, yeah. okay, but for a guy sometimes. A girl has a backup, like a yeah. runner-up, a miscongeniality. Exactly. <laughs> in the wings. But these guys are like, yo, fuck. Especially in his case, yeah. you were the sugar mama. So mm-hmm. now he's just out on his ass. Yeah. He doesn't know what the fuck to do. But that's, in the, that's the position mm-hmm. that he put himself in. Yeah. So, which kind of sucks. Like, that's fucking unattractive. It's like, unattractive. It's unattractive. Oh, my God. Like, did, that, did that affect, like, your guys' sex life a lot? Yes. Of absolutely. Here's the thing. I have such... And, again, I think it's because I have strict tiger parents and I was beaten a lot as a child. <laughs> I had such a high fucking libido. Yeah. It's insane. Uh-huh. And so, like, the moment when I stopped wanting sex, it's like, oh, Oh Something's shit! Wrong. But I always blamed it on my birth control. It's like, oh, maybe it's just like hormones, this and that. I sw- I switched so many birth controls it went on the birth control. So you didn't yeah, think that it was moment, maybe this? You, I'd say like the last year and a half of our relationship, that's when it clicked. I was like, it's not the birth control. Oh it's my god, that's fucking and crazy. Yeah, it was one of those things where I would like we would have sex and it'd be enjoyable, but it's always out of like I had a clock in my head like, ooh, I haven't done it in a while. I, I got to check sex. this off. Yeah. Ah. And so it wasn't enjoyable. And then the moment he and I broke up, I started having sex normally. I was like, oh, here it is. <laughs> so this here it was it him. Is. Yeah. Here's the little slut. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny, And now funny, I'm dating dude. a former porn star. Oh, really? Yeah, my boyfriend used to do porn. What the fuck? That's yeah. dude, your fucking story is so weird. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> you went from this. This is why you don't beat your kids. This is don't why, beat your kids. That's why you don't fucking shelter them too hard. They're gonna figure out what's on the other side. Fuck, man. To be fair, my parents love him though. That's fucking. Fu- He's a former porn. How long did yeah. you do porn for? Uh, I want to say about a year, maybe. Damn, uh, he was porn? dating uh, a very well-known porn star. And then uh, when she stopped getting the way it was explained to me, like when she stopped wanting to do normal porn and it kind of gone to like the OnlyFans territory, she's mm. like, oh, I can do this with whoever I want now, now that I'm my own boss. Yeah. So I would rather just do it with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And that's how he got into porn. And then he and oh. her broke up and they start they still did porn for a little bit to make money during the pandemic. But once they broke up, I actually met him on the podcast and he and I started dating shortly after. And I told him, like, hey, I know you're like, I've always known that you've done porn because you're boys with my boss and I've always known of you. But like now that we're dating, it's a little different as mm. much as I like you i am not secure enough to be okay with having a partner who does porn actively right now oh that's like i don't honest. care that I like you that. i don't care that you've done porn like that is the last of it my words word about, yeah, no. yeah but like with me right now i just know that i am very territorial and i will not feel comfortable with you doing porn let alone porn with your ex-girlfriend so i'm just gonna have to cut this off here i try to break up with him multiple times and he 
eventually, I think like the second week where I was like, yeah, I'm still not trying to like talk to you, hang out with you. Like we're not dating anymore. He just kind of slowly stopped doing porn. And he never told me. Okay. Like he and I would hang out and we would hook up and I'd always say like, oh, this is the last time, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, And slowly over time, I just thought like, he hasn't done any porn. Yeah. And I asked him, he's like, yeah, I stopped doing porn because you didn't want to date me. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, wow. And he was like, had no income at that point in time. He was during the pandemic. He was like squatting in his apartment in Costa Mesa to be with me. What the fuck? That's that's good dedication, dude. Yeah. That's nuts, man. Like I, I actually brought somebody on this podcast who was in the porn world and this bitch tried to do some crazy. Like I, I. God, I already, crazy. I already got a fucking. I'm I actually still have the clip. I, I have the podcast in my in my shit. Yeah. Um. Because, so this 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 young lady. Mm-hmm. Basically, I I wanted to ask her about her in the porn industry because it's an Asian girl, and I'm always so curious yeah. about how Asian women get into porn, specifically because of uh, that tiger Asian parent type of stuff, right? Yeah. And so, like, I wanted to see what that story is in that transition. And it went from this weird podcast where she was talking about like her really personal stuff, like mm-hmm. her ex-boyfriend coming in doing crazy shit and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I started getting a little uncomfortable and I actually cut the podcast off a little earlier. Yeah. And then she starts bawling and crying, talking about all her personal issues. And the reason why I was like, cool, well, I've recorded this in the office. You, the podcast is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to get caught up on some bullshit because mm. she's going to try to spin some kind of crazy story. Yeah. So what I did was, all right, cool. I'm going to call you an Uber. So I have it on my thing that I called you an Uber. It's, it's timed when we did the podcast in case she tries to say anything, mm-hmm. right? And I, I was creeped the fuck out. Like I had literally, I'm getting goosebumps right now because I felt yeah. like she was trying to do some shit. Yeah. Later on, she starts messaging all my friends saying like, is it normal to be on the podcast where somebody is like trying to pressure you to tell you stories that you don't want to tell? And like, this is your friend David's doing, th-. I'm like, Bitch, I have the recorded mm-hmm. podcast. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, I, I have in, proof. Yeah, it's you know recorded. that, right? What are you fucking talking about? Yeah. And so she was messaging everybody that I knew. Oh, and wow. she was, it was during the whole Me Too thing. So she was trying to extort oh, me. Yeah. I'm like, bitch, I'm the most respectful. You'll never get this story. I'm the most respectful motherfucker mm-hmm. you'll ever meet. And so I got freaked out. I'm like, yo. And here's the thing, too. Like, I understand her story and her case because she's probably been through so much fucking trauma. Yeah. Right. I don't know what's going on about that because I don't know anything about the porn world. But when I talked to her and mm-hmm. I started talking to other people, I started hearing their stories about like where they came from before they went to the porn industry. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, these girls are damaged, dude. Like, there's some something fucking off about some mm-hmm. of these people. And I got scared. Yeah. And that, at that point, I was like, thank God I had my podcast at another space where um, they can't say I brought them into my home. Yeah. That's why I moved to an office because I was scared mm-hmm. of people. Because I was scared oh. people were going to do that. Now I now I only bring people on this podcast that I at least know or we have a small community with. Yeah. Because I'm not having people trying to fuck me over like it's that. It's definitely scary because you never, with doing something like this, you never know what someone can say or do. You really don't. And yeah, you like to give people the benefit of the doubt. But when you hear and see so many stories time and time again where people take advantage of a movement, you're like, oh, shit. Is and that's it? not to take away from yeah. like that either. Yeah, and I, I got freaked out. I was like, I can't believe yeah. somebody's trying to pull this shit on me. Like me, yeah. of, all like, of all people. <laughs> yeah, I was like, me? Because mm. she she actually approached me uh, as, a, as a fan of mine. Oh. And so I was like, oh, dope. And I didn't oh, know- Oh, so she hit you up. Yeah, I didn't know what she did, but mm-hmm. she took a, a photo with me at a, at a Send Foods event. Yeah. 
and um this this random girl and then a buddy of mine was like dude that's a porn star i was like what what do you mean he's like that girl is a porn star i was like how do you know that she goes dude i jack off her to her all the time <laughs> i was like okay i get it and yeah. so i was like oh cool it'd be he's dope like oh a- i know yeah, yeah i was like yeah bro you don't have to say you fucking your text smells mm-hmm. funny and so i <laughs> I brought her on, and then lo and behold, this woman tried to go all fucking oh, wow. me too on my ass over yeah. nothing. I'm like, bro, it was a podcast. I asked you about your industry, and mm-hmm. then she tried to spin it. I was like, but that's not going to make sense because the podcast recorded. Yeah. Like, how? What were you going to do? I would just release the podcast, and yeah. then that's it. Like, like the full unedited footage, mm-hmm. and then suddenly everyone knows that you're she a liar. Kept, and then she kept messaging me over and over. She oh, wanted wow. to come back on the podcast. He goes, Let me, I want to redo it. I'm like, I will never speak to you ever again. Are you out of your mind? But that's she is out of her fucking mind, mm-hmm. and I think she actually quit uh, the industry because oh, she God. has like some mental issues that she has yeah. to deal with. And then her friend, I, she said, "Can I bring my friend too?" I was like, "Yeah, of course you could bring your friend because mm-hmm. I want her to feel comfortable." Yeah. And then her friend tried to come back on my podcast. I'm like, mm-hmm. "None of you are allowed back on here, you yeah. fucking crazy people, dude!" Like, I, I don't fuck with you. That's why from here mm-hmm. on out, I don't know you. You're not coming on this podcast. Yeah. I'm scared, dude. Yeah. I'm super scared. It's a scary time in a scary place. Do you was it uh intimidating for you? Uh well, he only did porn with his uh girlfriend though, right? Yeah. Girlfriend. I mean I think well, it, the way he was always introduced to me was almost like a myth, like a mythological creature <laughs> because the whole thing when I got on to the podcast. I always heard that they have a friend named Stevie Blue Eyes. Okay. And he is a guy who went to prison for nine years because uh, he was in federal prison because he got uh, caught on like conspiracy to distribute or something. Okay. He was like a part of like some uh, was, like, drug dealing mafia Fuck, shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Drug dealing like mafia shit. Okay. Uh, nothing violent that I know of. <laughs> and we'll find you'll figure that later no, he's, he's a small guy though he's 5'9 it's fine you can do it. <laughs> I was like oh shit man uh, but he's the nicest guy ever he's like a golden retriever yeah, who was yeah. in the pound that's yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. like my description of him and they would tell people like oh yeah he had cancer when he was a kid he thought he was dying and he uh was in prison for drugs and now he's doing porn and i was like who the fuck is this kid <laughs> who is this guy is this? it's just so weird and i had never met him in my two like two and a half years of working there and one day he just randomly came in because he was in town he was living in vegas at the time but he came in town for his birthday celebrating with my bosses and some of his friends he was hungover came into the podcast the day after his birthday and that's how i met him and i was like oh hi and i gave him this handshake that like now he's super angry about because he wanted he oh he said that he wanted a hug and he thought that like he and I were already friends because we were like in the podcast mm. world. But I want to shake his hand because in my head I'm like, I don't fucking know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like some fuckboy who like fucks porn stars and goes to prison for drugs. <laughs> like, no. Uh, we did the whole podcast and they always talk about his dick. Always. Yes. <laughs> and this was a thing that happened even before he started doing porn. They talk about how big his dick is. Holy shit. Yeah. And they used to like show everyone photos of his dick, that's which is like hilarious. weird. Why do you have your boys fucking dick pic on that's your phone? That's white people shit, baby. But that's white people shit. Yeah. Great culture. I'm not uh, <laughs> judging or anything. I'm, I'm a part of it now. Fuck, <laughs> I'm judging the fuck out of that Love shit. Love you guys. Yeah. Um, and he and I started dating shortly after that. And at the time, I wanted nothing to do with him because I thought he was still dating his ex because I knew yeah. he was still doing porn. And he had he started telling me all these super personal details of his life. And he was like, oh, by the way, like, I don't have a girlfriend. 
And I was like, why are you telling me this? Nah, like, you know I, why he I, I thought he you was just what's like, up? <laughs> and he's like, oh, because I like you. I was like, oh, what? Yeah. Uh, okay, I guess, whatever. And I wanted nothing to do with him. Like, I'd only text him back once a day out of obligation because I thought he was like uh, my yeah, boss's yeah, yeah. friend. And one day he just like, I got bored and started messaging him. And he and I started dating shortly after that. We would text for months before he and I actually hung out separately because of the pandemic. He moved to uh Costa Mesa stayed there and I drove down to see him and in my head I'm like if he tries something yeah I don't know what I'm gonna do I yeah. am intimidated of yeah, this yeah. fucking his dong baby this gorilla <laughs> yeah. I am so fucking intimidated yeah. and I just the entire time we're watching food videos on his yeah. couch like on YouTube mm-hmm. like uh BuzzFeed's best 10 places in LA That's to eat funny, for three dude. fucking hours in the last like 10 minutes of us hanging out he made a movie started kissing me and i was so intimidated i was like okay i gotta go home <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, like ran to my car well, you were pre- thought, previously with somebody for 10 years yeah and then the next person who wanted to date me was a fucking porn star with this like how massive fucking crazy dick. is that how crazy is it's that so shit? weird and that's why people give me shit for it now they're like how do you go from being like this nice girl to only fans and you're dating yeah, a yeah, porn yeah. star i'm like first of all this is the fucking most wholesome person besides like his sketchy past if you know him yeah he's the most wholesome person you'll ever meet all he wants to do is go to home goods and fucking work out all day how, how many people were you with uh sexually before your last boyfriend uh it was a before my boy no it was just my boyfriend at that time <gasps> so this is your second person that you've been with no so there was a short amount of time where you between, hold out a little bit uh yeah i hold out okay i hold out uh when my boyfriend and I broke up, there was a few months I didn't tell anybody, not even people I worked with, because I didn't want it to be like a mm-hmm, thing on the mm-hmm. podcast. And then it came out on the podcast. And at that time, like I had already had like a booty call because I was like, I yeah, need yeah. to fuck something. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I had this guy that I was seeing here and there. And we both made it very clear, like, we're just here to hook up, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up catching feelings, so I was like, okay, peace. Bye. We gotta go somewhere else, uh, yeah. And I started dating around for a little bit. I fucked in total four people, but gave head to five people. <laughs> <laughs> so people, people think like I'm like this big hoe now that I've, I'm in a porn star, but it's like, no, I hold out for a little bit, but not that I crazy. I mean, that, that body count's pretty fucking low, though. Yeah. That's really low. I just did a lot of like, work in like three months. <laughs> yeah, you just, did, you just did some work in between because yeah. that body count's really fucking low. Yeah, but... It's yeah. one of those things. I think because like I'm on OnlyFans and because like mm-hmm. I'm dating a porn star, people think that I'm super like That's sexually so active funny, and like dude. super promiscuous. So it was intimidating for you to hook up this dude because they talked about his massive. Yes, bump. and when we we're making out, I could like I like saw like the side the, the, of this the girth like, of it. So it's like it's for yeah. real for real. And you're yeah, like, I oh shit! I was like oh, like and that's the biggest it. one you've ever been with. Yes, but here's the thing. A lot of people make like terrible, like shitty, like small Asian dick jokes mm-hmm. on the podcast. But my ex-boyfriend has the second largest dick I ever fucked. Okay. And he's not that far off from my current boyfriend. Holy shit. He had a big dick for yeah, an Asian yeah, guy, yeah, but yeah. I didn't know this because he's the only dick I fucked. Yeah, so you don't know what your standard is. Yeah, I didn't know until the next guy after my ex. I was like, huh. <laughs> like, oh, okay. okay. So you were, pre- you were prepped correctly. Yeah, and then it was like the next guy after him. And I was like, Oh, my ex had a big dick, yeah. and I didn't even know it. Dude, there are some. I remember too when I was in uh, uh, when I was in high school. I, yeah. I had a homie, and it was an Asian dude, right? Mm-hmm. And people would always joke about his big dick. I never saw yeah. his dick, but one time this fool was like, "You want to know how big my dick is?" I'm yeah. like, "No, bro, nobody wants." Like, I ain't gonna show it to yeah. you, right? And this fool in his basketball shorts, he had these baby blue Jordan shorts, and he just mm-hmm. outlined it. I'm like, "Is that a baby arm?" <laughs> what the 
guy? It's basically, baby. So I was like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. This guy was like five foot four. Yeah. And that shit was like, literally, if he just pulled his shorts up a little bit, we would have mm-hmm. probably saw the tip of it. Yeah. I'm like, what? What is this? How how do you function? You know what's even more confusing? People who are growers. When you're like, oh, I can kind of imagine it. It just keeps growing and growing, especially like if it's in your mouth and it's soft, <laughs> and then you're like, Droom. you're like, oh shit, this is too much. I, I feel suddenly I'm choking. I, I think a lot of Asian girl, Asian dudes are growers. Like there's yeah, Asian dudes it, are growers, and then it grows bigger. Yeah, right? that's why. Like if you saw an Asian dude flaccid, you'd think that he they'd have small dicks, so but they I don't. S- I saw this uh, documentary on. It was like the UK or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a, the BBC channel, right? Yeah. And it was literally this this study of men who wanted to know. It was like a something about average penis size or something yeah. like that, right? And so they were talking about growers and showers. Mm-hmm. And at this, I'm super young at this point. Mm-hmm. At this point, I thought the grower and shower thing was like a joke, right? Mm-hmm. But there's people who have a big ass dick, flaccid, and when it's erect, mm-hmm. it's the same size. Yeah. Yeah, which is shocking. Which it's is like, weird to me. Oh shit, that's it's I've only seen one of them in person. So when I yeah. so when I was looking at and they would on on the BBC special, yeah. they would have the guys go erect because they were essentially what they were doing was trying to test out to see if these uh, penis enlargement pills work, if pumps yeah. work, whatever these different modalities of getting your dick bigger mm-hmm. is is effective or not. Yeah. And so they were showing growers and showers. Uh-huh. And there was a guy who had a 6-inch dick flaccid mm-hmm. so i assumed that it was gonna go to nine but it mm-hmm. was six flaccid six hard yeah i was like what the fuck You're is like, that that's it just str- like stood up it just stood up i'm like yeah. oh that's what that is that's a show i think that's why that that whole like uh asian guys have small dicks is a thing because it's yeah. like you assume that it's just that's the dick that you get because it's a grower yeah but it's a grower <laughs> i have a homegirl of mine who yeah. specifically doesn't like uh uh showers because she, oh, she's expecting she, more. She but. wants to be the person that makes it grow. <laughs> so she's, like, <laughs> she's like, I don't like show. I was like, why? Because I want to know that I made that tiny thing big. Yeah. <laughs> so she specifically doesn't like uh, showers. She likes growers only. She likes the uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to be the person that, that yeah. turned you on to make you hard like that. Oh. How fucking that's interesting. weird. That's her requirement. Oh, wow. You know what? I always thought with the like uh, little Asian guys have little dick mm-hmm. jokes. I always thought that realistically, if this is real, and let's say Asian guys do statistically have smaller dicks, mm-hmm. I-, I thought that that was then paired with the thing of Asian women having tight pussies. Mm. I thought it was supposed to fit because like us ethnically as people are supposed to procreate. So like yeah. a small dick is meant for like a tight pussy. Yeah. I thought that's what it was. Pussies are weird though. They're all different sizes too. Just all like different. big size. There's like uh, like girls who are bigger that I've hooked up with. Mm-hmm. Like they have- Could like you the, feel it? Yes, you can tell when a girl really? has a really tight and a cavernous pussy. Like it just- A it cavernous feel, pussy. A cavernous pussy. Like literally it, it feels different. Yeah. Some girls are a, a little tighter. Some And this has nothing to do with Asian, Mexican yeah. or anything else like that. It's just my, the way your body's built. Yeah, everybody's built different too. Yeah. Like growing up too, because when you watch like porn and you watch certain things about women before you even mm-hmm. have sex with anybody, yeah. it skews your perception of what the female body is. So a lot of I used dudes- to watch so much porn as a kid. Look at yourself. I'm telling you, I used to dry, <laughs> I used to dry hump pillows like since I was six years old. Why are you so sexually active? Like, I don't know. It's just always been like that for It's you? always been like that. Always. And I didn't know I had like a high sex drive or a high libido until I 
got out of my breakup with my uh, ex-boyfriend because all the guys I would date after that, I was like, oh, you have like a crazy sex drive. And I'm like, oh, this is just what I've always known. What I've always known. This is just me. I thought everyone really? felt like this. That's so crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite. I, I, I have a very low libido. Really? Because um, I don't know what it is, but... I think that's probably why I've been able to have so many female friends because <laughs> like, oh, I, I don't good. really care, yeah. you, you know? Mm. Um, it's not like low in the sense I never want to have sex, but mm. it, it, I wasn't one of those dudes that every always time- Always trying we, to get laid. Always trying to get laid. Every conversation was about getting your dick sucked. I didn't mm. care. I was playing guitar. I was trying to do stand-up. I was- <laughs> I was playing guitar? Yeah, I was like doing other shit. Okay, you know John what I mean? Mayer. <laughs> yeah, so I never really cared about that specifically. Yeah. So when I remember I was with this one girl, Filipino girl, and her mm. libido was- fucking high hmm. I, I legit stopped talking to her because she wanted to have too much sex i was exhausted really too much like every fucking time we met up she wanted to hook up yeah. and i'm like bitch i'm exhausted yeah. <laughs> your boy trying to do stand-up i'm working two jobs mm -hmm. like i can't do it and then for her she equated affection with being sexually desired so oh okay her, that makes sense and yeah. i couldn't match it i'm like it's not that i don't want you like you are very attractive Love languages are different exactly but yeah. she needed to fuck all the time mm -hmm. and i that's when i realized like yo i'm actually not that like sex driven yeah you know i'm more about conversation whether a girl can make me laugh if she if she allows to herself to be embarrassed she could take a joke mm -hmm. this is the stuff that actually gets me like turned on yeah like the actual act of having sex i can't just fuck when i when you want to fuck it doesn't mm -hmm. work that way if let's say for example i know people who get into arguments with their significant other and they just fuck it out yeah i can't do that if we're fighting, I can't either. If we're fighting, get the fuck away from me. Like, mm -hmm. you touch me, I will fucking kill myself. Oh, I'm the opposite. I get mad, but if you don't come to try to, like, make up with me, I get mad. <laughs> I'm, like, get, I'm like, get the fuck away from me. And then two minutes later, if he does leave me alone, I look Why over. Why are you like, getting the fuck away from me? I'm over here, like, do you not love me anymore? <laughs> like, what is wrong with not you? Me. I gotta bounce. I gotta be away. Mm -hmm. I gotta kickbox, do something else. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not really about that type of shit. I just want to hug. That's so fucking fun. So your love language is physical touch. Uh, physical to touch, mat. yes. I think it's because I wasn't hugged enough as a child. <laughs> your parents just beat your ass. Yeah. The only time I get touched was my mm -hmm. dad would sock me in the face. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, dad. That's crazy. Just kidding, it was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you, um, did you always like need that physical touch all the time or is it something that um i think i didn't realize that i needed physical touch until i received it like from a boyfriend mm. like the moment i kind of got comfortable enough with my ex i start to realize like oh i'm one of those people who like pda all the time and it's just because having like a hand on me or like even if we're sitting across the couch from each other if like your leg is touching my leg I feel like I'm loved. Yeah. I feel like that physical touch just lets me know like you're there and you're not going to leave. I'm physical touch yeah. in that sense too. So my love language, physical touch is first, but it's not sex. It's yeah. like just. Yeah, same. It's not necessarily sex, but yeah. it's like I need like your physical warmth presence. Yeah. yeah. Like put a foot on me, touch my yeah. knee, something, and I'm pretty much fucking good. Yeah. You know, which, which for me is really important. That's why I can't do long distance relationships. Yeah. I need to physically be around you. Not all mm -hmm. the time because I'm like hyper independent and she's all, my fiance is also mm -hmm. hyper independent. You so. just need that like physical touch at some point. At some point, yeah. right? So I don't need her to be around me 24 seven. She has her mm -hmm. own job. She has her own friends. It's like a Tesla. You got to charge her at the end. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just need a little like, I don't know, rub rub my head or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I know that, you know, we're, we're good. Mm -hmm. So like for her, her, hers is words of affirmation. Oh, so okay. I got to gas her up all the time. It's like, man, you clean that spoon real nice baby like, oh, so 
And you know, I'm, I grew up, no words of affirmation my whole life. Yeah. So it's hard for me sometimes. Like I have to mm. tell her good job. I was never told good job as a kid. Yeah. Never. My dad, I remember my dad once told me good job. And he, I only knew this because we got into an argument and he told me this was his way of saying good job. Mm -hmm. It's like- um, He cut you some fruit. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't beat my ass that day. Yeah. So what, what happened was uh, after I left UCR, I was doing mm -hmm. really bad there. I went to community college and well, I figured out, okay, I, I want to do well in school. So during summer school, when I was trying to get more credits to make up for the ones I failed at, at mm -hmm. UCR, I aced all my classes. And my yeah. dad came up to me and he tapped me in the butt and then- I forgot we got into That's an argument. That's a lot of physical affection, <laughs> yeah. though, for an Asian parent. Yeah. And I was on like, the butt. I remember we got into this huge argument, and he was calling me stupid or whatever. Yeah. And I looked at him. I was like, "You have never ever told me good job once in your life." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Everything that I do at this point, you told me you knew what was going to make me happy, and I followed your rules, and I'm still not happy." He goes, "What do you mean? I told you good job two weeks ago." I was like, "When?" He goes, "I did this to your butt." <laughs> I was like, you fucking. That's so cute. <laughs> you, you that was her good job. Just say it. Just say good job. He can't. He's like, it's not possible. It doesn't work. It's like he watched an American football movie. Like, this is what they yeah. do. And this now is a good job. I've acquired a small version of that. Yeah. So I'm only used to saying good job when I truly believe you've done something amazing. Mm -hmm. But sometimes some people just need a good job for the small victories. Yeah. And that's what she needs. I'm not used to that. Mm -hmm. And I witnessed it one time when. um. We went swimming at her dad's house. Yeah. We're in the pool and Mariel is climbing this thing. It's it's the pool has like this whole Tahitian vibe. There's a mm -hmm. there's a slide and all this other shit. Yeah. And she's like rock climbing it. And she's like looking at her dad, going, Dad, look at this is a 30-year-old woman. She goes, mm -hmm. Dad, look at me. Am I doing a good job? And he's like, Good job, sweetie. Aww. I looked at her father. I was like, fuck you. This is why I have this problem. Because <laughs> you're mad positive. Like you're, you're telling her like, yeah. good job for all the stuff, which is a good thing. I'm not used to that. Yeah. So now I'm learning to say thank you a lot more. I'm learning to say, hey, this is, mm -hmm. you're, I mean, she could do literally shit. And I'm just telling her a good job because yeah. it makes her feel good. It's important. That's cute. Yeah. So now I'm like, and it's good too, because I feel like if I have kids, I should be able to do that too as well. Yeah, it's almost like prep. For sure, and I'm not. I'm not used to that shit, dude. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm. I'm used to doing stuff because you, you know you're supposed your to do it. Oh, I f oh, my kids are gonna go to therapy for sure, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I almost want my kid to be gay, just yeah. <laughs> just like I said. Listen, I love you, but you gotta let me make some gay jokes at you, yeah. like because daddy loves you and I love your life, mm. but daddy's daddy. <laughs> this is for me. Like I'm gonna like give my kids like hot dogs all the time. <laughs> like you like this, right? <laughs> this is what you like, fucking gay boy. Daddy loves you. Give me a kiss. <laughs> I can't wait, dude. Like, I, I feel like I'm, uh, hopefully I'll be yeah. a good dad, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Like, having yeah. kids scares the fuck out of me. Same. I am so afraid of having kids. I want them, but I'm, I think because of my situation with my ex, I have almost, like, resented being a mother. Mm. Like, I don't want to take care of another thing, another person besides myself. It's I mean, just you, like, you were, you were in an extreme case, though. I've, yeah. I have, I've never heard of somebody taking on four jobs, so they're, boyfriend could play games all day mm -hmm. i'm surprised and you didn't fucking dog. oh my god i can't believe you didn't murder him like, i came close and then and then somehow you still end up having sex with him <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I don't see that happening because how unattractive is that like you it's very unattractive yeah, not, and it's not yeah. necessarily like i thought he was physically unattractive or anything it's just oh it's mental everything it's, it's everything is mental at that point like every little thing that i used to love about him then became like oh i fucking hate Thing. I, I truly believe that girls have a uh, a higher capacity to love because they can find things 
attractive about a man that's outside of the physicality of things. Mm-hmm. Like if you have like a vibe and a connection with somebody, that stuff though, it's very important to be mm-hmm. physically attractive. I feel girls are better at that than men are. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, they might not be the most physically attractive person, but they make me happy. They make mm-hmm. me laugh. And that becomes more sexually attractive than the other things. Yeah. I feel guys are a little more the opposite where they say that they do that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you could see this in the, in the best way possible is when some of the most fucking ugliest dudes cat call women who are way better looking than them. Yeah. Thinking that I don't know what they think. It's like they're like, you don't know what the fuck I do with that. Like, what would you do with that, bro? You would do nothing with Spell it. Spell it out for me. Yeah, tell me. Tell Come me what on, you would do. Boy. Walk up to that person and say yeah. something. And they're not gonna do it. And I, yeah. I think I see that in that type of case mm-hmm. where our our ability to find somebody attractive is limited to our our physical attractive uh, attraction towards a woman mm-hmm. versus a girl. Yeah. Girls are just better at that shit. I, I think so too. I asked uh, my fiance on the podcast, I was yeah. like, when I was at my fucking fattest, like Oh, you were big when you guys got together. Oh, I was big, yo. And I didn't know I was big. I thought I was fine. You don't know. I knew I was you big. Didn't. I didn't know I was big, big, though. Because my, my self-esteem is mad high. So, like, your boy was over here like, yo, I'm I'm desirable. You know? I didn't know this type of yeah. shit. And, you know, when I was when I was hitting her, I was a big dude. Yeah. So, and she was with dudes that were rock mm. climbers, like, physically fit people. I just mm-hmm. never took my size. And I also, too, not you even just my size. could the wall. <laughs> Not even just my size. I didn't give a fuck about what I dressed like, looked like anything. I just yeah. let my mouth do the talking. So it, like that's- See, but you had that confidence. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like women have a higher capacity to find somebody more attractive yeah. if the if the confidence is there, if they yeah. have something going on for them. Yeah. And so even for her, I asked her, I was like, is, was there, come on, be real. Like, did you really find me attractive? She goes, I never actually cared as much. I'm like, man, that's a down ass bitch. Because <laughs> I, I, it's, it's pretty amazing. Because yeah. I look at some of these old photos where- I was so focused on being a comic, what I looked like and everything mm. else didn't fucking matter to me. Yeah. So, you know, at a certain point I got, I was like 280 pounds, like Jesus 280 Christ. pounds. Fucking John Jones is in mm. 280 pounds and he's yeah. a heavy. I'm, I'm always, I weigh more than Francis and Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you understand? Like That's a good way to scale it. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, holy Jesus. shit. I weigh more than some of the top heavyweights in the UFC. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Someone should have gave you a show on TLC. I, let me tell you something, dude. Like, I'm trying to get some brand deals right now. I'm like, listen, I got 30 more pounds to lose. I'll mm-hmm. make sure it's because of your fucking machine. Mm-hmm. And at this point, too, now, now, now I'm in a space Peloton, where... Peloton, what's good? Yeah, Peloton, hit me up, bro. Let, let, let me know. Your boy lose like 30 pounds right now. Asian lives matter, Peloton. <laughs> I know. Well, you don't care about me? Come on. But yeah, when I was... She she still found me attractive. Yeah. You know, despite like physically I wasn't there, which is kind of... And so everything for her right now is a bonus. Oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big bonus. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a down ass woman. And I mm-hmm. really appreciate that about her. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like with uh, my boyfriend, his physical, his like love language is touch as well. Mm-hmm. And so him and I are that disgusting couple in public. We're always like hugging up on each other. Like we're literally <laughs> like we're in line trying to get fucking boba. And I'm like, we're hugging straight up hugging like that fucking uh Spirit woman was yeah. hugging you for five minutes, just waiting in line. That's not even bad. Let me tell you something about this couple that I know, right? Yeah. Uh, I love this. I love this dude. I love his wife, whatever. They have a beautiful family. Is this Barton Geo? No, 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 no. <laughs> they're, they're very not much PDA. Like, um, they're like lightweight PDA. Yeah. I knew a fucking couple that I shit you fucking not. Me and my friends were in a car and the couple was on my left and to my right. Yeah. Right. So I was in the middle, yeah. sitting here, and they were like, a stare- David they were staring at each other through me. I feel like she was looking into my ear hole to look at his face. The most uncomfortable thing, and they're complimenting each other uh-huh. from the sides of me. And I'm like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on?" We get out of the fucking car. 
they come up, they start making out an Eskimo kiss, and they're like, I missed you so much. Because I was in the middle. And they missed each other. I hate that. I love it so much. I wish I knew what it was like to be that in love. Oh I my wanted God. to fucking kill these people. That's so she, cute. She comes up, I she hate goes, it. I missed you. I'm like, bitch, you were the same car. I was just in the middle. But everywhere they go, oh they're God. literally fucking, their lips are touching as they're walking. Mm. I'm not even exaggerating. I'm literally talking about it. I've seen them walk next to each other and smooch as they're walking down the street mm. in K-Town. I wanted to fucking kill them. I wanted to kill them so bad because it made everybody so uncomfortable. Yeah. We're like eating Korean barbecue. They're literally mm -hmm. making out as we're eating and we're drinking throughout the whole fucking night. You guys are at quarters having a good ass good, time. Good ass time. <laughs> and they're just like, I love your eyes. I love your face. Oh, I can't do that. I, I, I would I be so your... embarrassed to tell like my significant other like a compliment like that in public. Oh, it was loud. I, I can't do that. They're like, I love the way that you speak. You're so cute. Oh my God. I love. And they're Eskimo kissing. They're fucking touching nose tips. Like, Question, rubbing. are they Asian? Yes. They're both Korean. What? Yeah. It's That's so weird. Weird shit, Wait, dude. what? I, I just never. Unicorns found each other. Because I don't mind PDA, but yeah. you got to be mindful of people around you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a little fucking, does our love make you uncomfortable? Yes, yes. it does. <laughs> it fucking does. Now, cut that shit out. Do, do it somewhere else. It's just so, it just makes my skin crawl a mm. little bit. I don't mind when people hug up on each other. Yeah. They get, but they're literally complimenting. Oh, wow. They're doing a compliment battle. Okay, so you love my eyebrows. I love the way your I love the way your nose looks. Like you're doing baby That's talk. Disgusting. Doing, I love it. I want it. <laughs> oh my I god. I want it. <laughs> I need it. I love the veins on your penis. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like an angry baby arm. I love oh my so god, you want to know my favorite part about uh finally like fucking him and seeing his dick in person? <laughs> I he has a tattoo of Homer Simpson right by his uh thigh. Get looking at his dick going, like, no. That's and I got to see it in person. Funny, dude. That's so hilarious. now every single time I'm down there giving head, I'm staring at Homer in the eyes. <laughs> Do you have sex every day? Uh, not every day. I'd say like every few days, like two, three days. Okay, that's yeah, that's pretty normal. Ah, well, yeah. it depends, dude. It really I, depends. I, I know some people who only have sex like once a month. Mm. that's like and they're, they're happy they, they just don't yeah well i know they have kids though so it's different yeah when, kids is different when kids get in the mix it's exhausting if you don't fuck you know. me and it's been longer than i'd say like three days i start to think you don't love me like oh, straight see, up you're you're like that fucking one girl no, i was yeah her love language was fucking dude but it's okay because there was a point in time when like he and i couldn't have sex for two weeks because i had a health issue with my uterus and i had to go to doctors take medicine they're like oh, oh abstain from sex for this amount of time i was like okay cool and by i'd say day six i was begging him for dick oh, i was really? like babe please please don't put it anywhere i don't care <laughs> oh really? i'm like do you love me i became so clingy and so needy because i didn't get dick wow i was like i i need this something something that's a, that's a lot of pressure that's, that's a lot. That's so much work. <laughs> See, I, I'm, I'm exhausted thinking about that shit. Yeah, and then suddenly he be, and, and I start making fun of him like, you little fucking crew, come here and it's fuck like, me. It's like, you know, you have a problem with your uterus, right? Yeah. Like, chill out for a second. I was like, I thought I'm dating a porn star. He's like, chill. Is he, is, is he also, he needs physical touch like that as much as you do in terms of like yeah, sex? Yeah, I okay. think, uh, not necessarily sex. I think it's the same thing where as long as I am touching him, usually cuddling. He just needs like physical touch to let him know that like I'm still here. Mm. I think he and I have this weird issue of like people like ab weird abandonment issues from different things. Okay. 
So him, like he was never really close to his family growing up. And so he never really got that love as a child, in my opinion, from what he's told me. And so when he had like cancer as a kid and went away to prison, like he never really saw his family. Oh, shit. And it's just one of those things like I think going through such traumatic things so early on in your life over and over, not having a foundation there, he just became super independent. Mm. and the moment he and i got together and he kind of knew like oh it's safe to let my guard down now he's just like hi hello how are you come <laughs> on me i love you did you miss me that's crazy like, yeah. well i mean you found somebody that kind of gives you what you need mm-hmm. which is really great yeah damn you're you're, you're, you're fucking exhausting though <laughs> that's, that's yes. exhausting i'm exhausting, that's that's exhausting for i am those people. exhausting yeah. people who see me on the podcast or they know me in my everyday life they're like oh you're super independent and you don't like need much because yeah, like, i'm not you, fucking you yeah <laughs> and then behind the scenes you see me with my boyfriend i'm the neediest bitch you'll ever meet the That's neediest crazy. fucking bitch because like uh, mary and i are very he independent like i i'll like for example before you came on the podcast yeah. i left at 12 i was kicking it with a bunch of my friends kickboxing yeah and i come back i don't have to text her where i'm at mm-hmm. like she just knows that i'm gonna come back eventually <laughs> you know but i feel like you're the yeah. opposite no he and i text throughout the day <laughs> he and i live together if i am gone from the house or he's gone oh from the house oh my god like we'll leave yeah he'll be at the gym i'm like hi how's your workout i miss you i love you i tell him i love you probably 20 times a day <laughs> I'm telling you, I need all the the love. Get the fuck out of here, I need all the love. I'm a little fucking mushball pussy bitch. Like... (laughs) Are you serious? Yes, I need it. Were you like that with your ex-boyfriend too before, you know? Uh, Before... I yes, but not to this degree. I don't know what it is. The older I get, the more like lovey dovey I am. I'm just like, I need it. I would be fucking tired. I would just start doing. I go up to him and I like every time I smell him, I feel like there are endorphins that are released in my brain. So I'll go up and just sniff behind it. You're like, cat, dude, this is like exhausting. this is how fucking <laughs> I am needy, clingy, fucking emotional. I need Get all the of it. Fuck out I of here. I need all of it. I think it's because I'm super independent in every other facet of my life. So you're okay. I mean, you know how to separate this, but with the yeah. person that you're with, this is yeah. Like when I'm in important. like my safe zone, I am fucking. I'm a child. I'm basically a child. That's what was your was your mom like that with your dad or your dad like that? No, with your they mom? I always thought that they hated each other growing up. And then I got to a point when I was older, like, oh, they play fight and that's their way of flirting. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really know it for a while. I was like, they don't even really love each other. It's yeah, fine, yeah. Whatever, Asian parents. My parents play fight a lot too. That's how they yeah, flirt. yeah, they play fight a yeah. lot. And when I was younger, they didn't really have that like romance or that flirty type of relationship that they do now. Now that all of their kids are kind of older, they don't have much to, they don't have money to worry about the same way they did when Whenever my sister and I were younger. Now they're kind of much more flirty and touchy. My mom's like, stop, don't touch yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. My dad's like, look, come <laughs> here. Fuck me later. Like, hey, yeah. mom, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, the kids are oh right my here. God, I am so inappropriate with my mom now. I don't know what it is. There was a switch that happened where I started joking around with her about the stupidest things. And now I'll ask her randomly, like, mom, be honest. You like in your ass eating? And she's just like, she's like, Tane, stop it. And yeah. then she'll look over like, no, I think that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, mom, you should have, you should have dad eat your ass at least once. Like, oh live a God. little. She's oh like, I don't think he likes it. I don't think I like it. It's dirty. Down there. <laughs> like, huh? I, I don't like butt stuff. Butt stuff is not my shit. Dude. Butt stuff is fine. I recently got into it and I feel like butt stuff is only good if you're doing it properly. You know what it is, man? It's like, I just never, like, even when I was younger and they yeah. would do anal shit, I'm like, I don't like this. Like, I've never liked watching 
porn with with ass shit just because yeah. it honestly comes out because shit comes out of it <laughs> and let me tell you something like i've okay like i've i fucked somebody yeah. ass once yeah and it was the worst experience of my life i yeah. just didn't number one it didn't feel as good as i thought it would really because it's it's tight at the sphincter area that's what that's what it was explained to me as well because the first time i did anal was with my ex and he and i were both trying to experiment and it felt like someone was shoving a mag flashlight in my ass <laughs> and i screamed to him like take it out take it out so he he took it out he's like i don't it's not really that good so i asked him what it felt like he's like well imagine your finger and like you put like your finger through this like crap it's exactly it's like this like there's nothing else there i was like oh wh- well what does a pussy feel like he's like it's like that it's, but like it's this. holding on to it's it. holding on to yeah, it. yeah it's like it's like a warm warm handshake it's like a glo- the ass is a glory hole <laughs> essentially right so what the ass feels like it's tight when it enters and then mm. after that it's just this nebulous space mm. and it's just the what is this what Unless is you're this? constipated. Then yeah. yeah, then we have a little friend. Dude, Joe yeah. told this funny-ass story what? about how when he hooked up with this girl. she, she always, shit on the bed? She always loved getting fucked in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> this one said that when he pulled his dick out, there was a piece of shit hanging on the tip of his dick. <laughs> Yo! This one. Oh, my God. I know it comes with territory, but I would be fucking mortified. I'm mortified if i knew my shit was on the guy's dick i would never see him ever again well we found out on the podcast through this guy he's he was a he's pretty known as like a like a gay youtuber who talks yeah. about you know homosexuality mm-hmm. and like it like specifically in the sexual sense yeah and he was giving us a lowdown he goes man sex straight people don't know how to fuck in the ass or like what do you mean mm-hmm. he goes there's a whole process that gay dudes go through before we get fucked it's like mm-hmm. we do we right? clean we make sure that it's super it's like you're not, you stick your fucking long ass dick into a fucking ass there's gonna be shit at the end of it mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't know that mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i didn't know that shit either mm-hmm. i was like this is gross i don't like this i don't like this at all and you know once you try it but that girl liked anal i Mm -hmm. just didn't enjoy it like i it wouldn't feel good i'm like the point of this is for this to feel good i think it's more of the sexual act of doing something that's different than a vagina that makes it hot you know what got me into uh anal what during that like two week period of not being able to like oh do anything to my ears. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. So what ended up happening? I was like, okay, let's try. And I remember I hated it before, but maybe like if we keep trying it, it'll be fine. This and bitch it, is and when it nuts. when it started to hurt, I told myself something that I heard Asa Akira say, which is you got to do something twenty one times for it to be a habit. So I got to get fucked in the ass at least okay. twenty one times before. Asa Akira is not the person. You got to try twenty one times for you. To fucking enjoy it that sounds like yep. a fucking uh, a beaten person's mentality dude. yes uh but i did that and by the 22nd day yeah it feels fine yeah but i mean his shit is huge though that yes shit, that shit is violating the fuck out of you the body is an amazing thing <laughs> it adapts <laughs> it adapts it, it fucking adapts yes. i just i don't know that that act is what you know i didn't yeah. i didn't even like this shit too though what like i don't i remember i got head uh driving because uh, a girl that i was hooking up with she oh that scares me and i couldn't do what it what if we die I, and this is how people find us well i couldn't focus <laughs> <laughs> I, and i and because i couldn't focus and the imminent fear of death yeah i kept on getting hard soft hard soft i'm like oh you couldn't like keep it up because i'm driving yeah you know yeah, and i'm like oh shit hard soft hard soft mm-hmm. and i was like i don't enjoy this, this actually stresses me out because yeah. i get anxiety yeah and i'm like the, the anxiety is not helping my dick any hard i, I yeah. can't do this and she's like ah, you're no fun i'm like I feel like I'm going to die. So yeah. how do you expect me to be hard while I do this? We mm. can pull over. Yeah. That's fine. But she liked the whole danger. But that was the girl who really liked fucking. Yeah. Let me tell you what's a lot of pressure mm. too. That's a lot of pressure. This bitch, 
I was the only Asian guy that she's ever been with. Okay. Everybody else, all black dudes. Oh, that's a lot. Of so it was just a shit ton of pressure. Yeah. And I just remember because I knew of her because she was one of my childhood friends, mm. um, sister's friend. And okay. so I met her at a Halloween party that they had mm-hmm. at their house and she was dressed up as a naughty nun. And I said, oh, shit. Right. And mm-hmm. I just got out of a serious relationship. You need her to exercise that dick. <laughs> and I was like, this is new. <laughs> and so I just started hitting on And yeah. she was like five years older than me. Okay. And at this time, I had nothing going on for me. Mm-hmm. I just I just started like chopping it up with her. And next thing you know, we ended up hooking up. And then mm-hmm. we were together for a little bit. Terrible relationship, by the way. Yeah. It lasted a month because I found out that she was kind of nuts. Um, obviously she also wanted to have too much sex and I just didn't like that shit. Mm-hmm. So for her, which people are like, you're fucking gay, bro. It's like, mm-hmm. let me tell you something. Having sex twice a fucking day when you're working three jobs mm-hmm. is exhausting. Oh, when you're working, it's the most exhausting thing you could do. That's the last thing I want to do when I come home. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's she, the last she didn't understand thing. Don't that. touch me. Yeah. I'm like, listen, I, I'm a full-time student. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do stand-up. On the side, too, I had to help my parents' business out. I was also working at the fucking men's warehouse. Mm-hmm. I was doing a thousand fucking things. Like, she just worked her job, and then she would just wait for me all day. And I'm yeah. like, listen, I'm tired. Like, I just got off doing a set. It's fucking 12 o'clock. I just went out drinking with these dudes. I got whiskey, dick. I can't fuck you right now. I'm yeah. sorry. And that's when I figured out. Like, and then she obviously heard... Before we even had sex, I knew her fucking her her list of black dicks that she went through, yeah. and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, I'm like trying to get like a slight chub before we start. Yeah. I was like, bitch, I'm a I'm a grower, trust me, mm-hmm. just give me some time. Mm-hmm. But she was the woman that actually was very honest with me about sexual acts because mm-hmm. I, prior to her, I've only hooked up with two other women. Yeah, first girl uh, that I I was with, I was a virgin. I didn't know what mm. the fuck I was doing. I don't know how that shit works. Mm. It's just some shit that your homies tell you. They don't really give you an, an honest look about what it is to to get a girl off. Yeah. Girls should be giving that advice to me instead of hearing it from mm-hmm. these dudes. So I was giving her terrible dick. Yeah. You know, the worst dick probably she's ever had in her life. Mm-hmm. But she was also not very experienced either. So we both didn't so know. So you just her. didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't very vocal with me. She didn't tell me mm-hmm. what she liked, what she disliked, what she enjoyed. Was she quiet in bed too? Yeah, super quiet. It, oh, it wasn't really I good sex. It wasn't very good sex yeah. on my but it's part. But also like if you guys are like each other's first, you don't really have anything to go off of. I don't even think I was her first. I think oh, she really? was my first. Oh, Yeah, okay. but she just, she like it wasn't fun, yeah. you know? And I, when you're young too, if it's in a pussy, it feels good. <laughs> you know, you're like, I got off mm-hmm. and I didn't know that she probably had me. She didn't know how to communicate it to me. Yeah. And it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So the second person that I was with, I'm pretty sure she got terrible dick too. Mm-hmm. And so this one, like I remember after we fucked, I was like, how was that? And she was like, meh. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. My fucking heart shattered. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> but she started talking to me mm-hmm. about what she liked and disliked. Yeah. And then because of her, I started being more communicative when it came to sex. It's like, yo, what do you like? What yeah. do you dislike? Not off the bat like it's a study thing, but mm-hmm. after we hook up a bit, you kind of get a feel for things and then it starts to get better. But if, if it wasn't for her destroying my heart, <laughs> like I don't think I would have done that with my next partners, which was a, something I didn't really think about. Because a lot of guys come in hearing advice from other dudes about what they think women like, but yeah. every woman's different. Just like mm-hmm. every dude's different. I didn't know that you can get bad pussy until yeah. I got bad pussy. No. <laughs> I was like, oh, this pussy wasn't great. Like she didn't know what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah. See, I feel like I I think I have a list and then the list goes out the window. I didn't realize that until I'd say like six months ago because when that uterus thing happened, I he and I were just like making out, having fun. And randomly, I didn't I didn't intend 
that night on ending with anal but <laughs> randomly like i got so when i get turned on i start saying wild shit and i don't i don't mean it i'm gonna gouge I, your fucking eyes out like what <laughs> that was one time <laughs> but we were getting hot and heavy and it got to a point where randomly like something came out of me i said put it in my ass <laughs> And I, right when it, the words left my mouth, God, I was like, you're fucking nuts, dude. I was like, I didn't mean it. I don't want it. Cause all yeah. I, in my head now, the rest of the time I was thinking of a mag flashlight in my, mm-hmm. like the first time. Cause the first like, time. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. And so yeah. I literally just like, hmm. yeah, I was like, it's too late now. Yeah. I have, I to, have, do to, commit. I have to do it. And that's how I started. Dating. You're probably a lot more sexually open than most people though. Right? Like you're, uh, I depending think, on the person that yeah. you're with. I think so. I think nothing is really off limits to me as long as like the person I'm talking to with isn't weird. Like some people are weird about yeah, it, yeah, so I'm yeah, less yeah. likely to open up or say some shit. That's but like, then if like someone like is just sitting like you and I are and it's comfortable and I'm just talking like I'm telling you a story, then it's fine. Yeah. But some people are kind of weird about it or like some people glorify it into or fetishize it into something more than what it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's why that's when I am less likely to say something when I know it's going to get twisted in a certain way. Mm. When for me, like it's just sex. It's Dude, whatever. When when they started doing the big mood podcast, because yeah. I've known those girls for a very long time. Yeah. I'm very odd in the sense of like, if I know a girl for a long time, sometimes hearing their sexual escapades makes me feel weird because it's like, mm-hmm. I've, I just don't, I've never thought about it in that type of way, yeah. you know, and the fucking Gina is over here like, I like to be choked out till I black out. I'm I like, love Gina. Excuse me? What the fuck are yes. you talking about? Yes. She goes, I want to see like blood vessels pop in my eyes. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, that's assault. Like, what are you talking about? She goes, she said one time, some dude chased her down and threw an iron at the back of her head. <laughs> She's fucking nuts, dude. I'm like, you're exhausting oh, to I have sex her. with. Bitches oh have god. to do fucking. They have to stretch and shit before mm-hmm. they fuck her, dude. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you fucking Vietnamese bitches are insane, dude. Yeah. We all like, got hit. We all got happens. hit. And so that's how you equate love. Yeah. You have to knock out my two front teeth, mm-hmm. and then I might fucking love you. Because my parents' trauma of the war. This yeah. is my version of love. Like I, I specifically dated Vietnamese girls because I grew up in Sacramento. Yeah, you know all these girls are Vietnamese, mm-hmm. and that's like the only girls that I was uh, with for like almost since my very first girlfriend when I was eighteen, all the way till I was like fucking like twenty two. It was mm-hmm. only Vietnamese girls. Yeah, and that's all I fuck. I even tried to learn Vietnamese and do mm-hmm. all this other oh, stuff. Oh damn! Yeah, I was that's like a hard language to learn. Let me tell you know it's not a hard language to learn. It's a hard language to pronounce because yes, it's, it's very simplified, right? Yeah. Like in English, you have. You, that, you're this. It's just like one general word, but it has like an honorific system about who you say that to in terms of mm-hmm. who you respect, age, and everything else. I think also like the inflection of certain words throws people off. Like some people can't hear the inflection mm-hmm. on certain things. Well, that for, like the NG sound in Vietnamese is mm-hmm. fucking hard yeah. as shit, dude. Like I, I've never been able to get that shit down. But like learning Vietnamese was easier to understand than it was to speak it. Yeah. That was yeah. the more difficult part. But I, the first girl I was with Vietnamese and I mm-hmm. fucking loved her to death. So I wanted I wanted to learn how to speak Vietnamese, do mm-hmm. all this other shit, but you know it just didn't work out. I was a loser, by the way. Like I, define <laughs> loser. Like I I identify. She was my biggest life lesson. So yeah, I identified my value based on how how she made me feel. So mm-hmm. because I felt like such a loser, I didn't feel like I was worthy of her. That when she left me, I was left with nothing. I was like, oh, I'm not worth anything because she I'm left my me. Yeah, that's what it felt like. But I was working yeah. though. I was, yeah, you know, at least you're working. But with her, we didn't match. Not, nothing made sense. Mm-hmm. It was just she was my best friend. Aww. So she was my best. I lost my best friend and my girlfriend at the same That's time. That's the hardest part, losing mm-hmm. your best friend. Because like you can get another boyfriend. Exactly. Girlfriend. 
But then like the person that you have all these inside jokes with that you could just kick it with, that's the hardest part. Yeah, and that's the weird thing too. And I when I, I had this very specific moment where I realized I was such a fucking loser was when we split up and I was still doing everything I could to gain her attention, just to have her be around. Mm-hmm. And then there was this moment where she looked at me, she called me annoying. And I was like, I'm not fucking annoying. And I, it, it, it offended me. And what you find out is things that offend you to the, your core is probably stuff that is issues that you're dealing with yourself. Yeah. And when I realized I was a loser, I flipped my whole life. I was like, what the fuck? What, who is this girl to me? Mm-hmm. Like, we broke up. She's not even that special to me. Like, she was mm-hmm. my best friend, but we don't make sense. Nothing makes sense about us. Like, yeah. she's on a different path. I'm on a different path. And from then on, I decided to take control of my life. I went full on stand up and a full on comedy. Uh, I dropped out of college. I did everything. Mm-hmm. And she was probably the best thing that ever happened to me mm-hmm. because it was it was such a shocking thing to have somebody tell you what you were face value. And yeah. she never did that before. Like she never did mm-hmm. that shit. But when she said I was annoying and obnoxious, I was like, you're right. I am fucking yeah. annoying. I'm over here begging for your fucking attention. Why? Good like, on you for seeing that though. I feel like a lot of people, even though they can come to terms in their head and know like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm being annoying, I'm being obnoxious. Like they then flip it. They're like, no, you're fucking annoying, you're obnoxious. Like there's nothing wrong with me. And they almost double down on that. Dude, 100%. And <clears throat> I remember there was a, a a flip where she, even she realized how different I was, mm-hmm. was when um her her current boyfriend at the time, they they split and she came to my place and she was like, hey, me and this guy split. And I looked at her, I was like, mm-hmm. cool, why are you telling me this? <laughs> Right, and she was like, "Oh, I just wanted to let you know." I'm like, "I don't fucking care. What do you mean?" Right? Because well, I was trying yeah. to still be friends with her, but I didn't give a fuck. And I remember she was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna try to be single for a bit." I was like, "Is that why you came over to my place to tell me this?" I mm-hmm. was like, "I was like, you can't be single. It's impossible for you." Mm-hmm. I was like, "You're somebody that likes to fix people, so you look for broken human beings mm-hmm. like me." Yeah. And she was pissed. But lo and behold, mm-hmm. one month later, she was in a relationship. With somebody that she was a, a a coworker with, I was like, "You already had that person in the bag before you split up with this other guy." Yeah, because I know you. We were best friends. Mm-hmm. I know who the fuck you are. But she didn't. I think that's and for her, she realized, "Oh, like I'm not. I can't come to this guy for whatever I need now." Because mm-hmm. she always wanted to have her cake and eat it too. She's not a bad person. It's just that's who she is. Like she, you were an emotional Seven Eleven. Yeah, a hundred percent. Whenever she needed me there, I was there, and I felt good that I could be that person for mm-hmm. her because I didn't value myself. I didn't value who I was, who I cared, what I cared about. Yeah. And I was specifically a loser because I chose to be, because I felt like I didn't deserve success. I didn't deserve mm-hmm. greatness because it was based on how she made me feel. So you're happy with the scraps? I was 100% happy with it. I was like, hey, I'm going to be with this woman for the rest of my life. I'm okay. When she left me, rock bottom, rock bottom, I started moving up. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to do stand-up, and I don't give a fuck whether it does bad or not. And that was hard for me. I have anxiety. (laughs) Like I had major anxiety, Mm -hmm. and I still did stand-up because she taught me that there were things about myself that I hated that I wanted to change Mm -hmm. so bad. No matter how it made me feel, I wanted to change it. Because I just hated being a loser. I hate it. I fucking hated it. Once you realize you're a loser, mm-hmm. everything about you, you want to change. I have anxiety. I'm going to do stand-up because mm-hmm. I'm going to face that fucking fear. I don't like talking to people. I'm going to start talking to people because I need to face that fucking fear. Yeah. And it was it was hard for me for a lot of the times. But people don't understand. They go, oh, you, you speak to people so mm-hmm. so well now. 
Well, that took practice. Yeah. <laughs> it took a lot of practice. My dad used to beat my ass because I couldn't fucking order fast food from a from a restaurant because I was mm-hmm. so nervous to talk to new people. Oh, really? How old were you? How old? I was like twenty. <laughs> like I, I I couldn't even do that. Twenty? I had Jesus. I would had mad anxiety. Yeah. And I started doing and I was dealing with this anxiety while I was trying to do stand up when I was sixteen. This but I couldn't tough. even order food at a fucking fast food restaurant because I, I, I was so nervous about everything. And people who have anxiety, one of the things that we do a lot is we try to overlearn about a subject so we don't feel embarrassed. Yeah. We, we research all this other stuff. So when it comes to a topic, we want to know everything. So in case like we sound stupid, we yeah. don't want to do that. So when I would go to new restaurants, I would never order things I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to be safe knowing these type of things. And I had to deal with this anxiety every time I did stand up. I was the same way, but then I would fuck up. And the moment I had to talk about it, I blinked. I was like, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. I studied three hours. It's the worst feeling ever. It's so stupid. Oh my God. And I feel like a dumbass afterwards. I study some more. I and I'm replaying this conversation in my head. Like I could redo it. I I would do stand up sometimes and I would blank out and I would go home. And I think I would just lay in my bed like, mm-hmm. you fucking idiot. <laughs> I'd just be so fucking mad. My first yeah. audition ever, I, I auditioned. In, in Los Angeles for this role for like a very serious role. But me being a dumbass, for some reason I read it as a comedic role. I didn't know. It was like Your for brain like, just like read it that way. As a comedy. And yeah. it was like for NCIS for like a murder. Oh. And, and I read it and, and then Cassie director looked at me. She goes, that was a very interesting take. <laughs> and I was like, but can you try it like this? And I read, and for some reason it was like I was reading the script for the first time. I'm like, yeah. this is not for a comedy. And I didn't know how to read it. And I went into my car. I fucking laid down the seat and I fucking went, ah! <laughs> you fucking idiot. I was mortified, dude. I fucking hate auditions. <laughs> I hate auditions. Oh, I hate, well, now I'm, now I'm scabbed over. Yeah. I don't care. I'll go into an audition. I don't give a fuck. Auditions have single-handedly been the reason why I got out of acting. I was like, I hate it. Really? I hate auditions. And I, it was around the time I started getting into podcasts where I was like, this is so much better than sitting around on a set or like in a theater, mm-hmm. rehearsing, waiting around. This is so much fucking fun. And I never looked back, but I hate auditions. Hate it, hate it, hate it. It's a I, skill. It's a skill. It's definitely a skill. I'm one of those people where if I'm cast in something the day of and when I actually perform, it's different from my audition. Mm-hmm. I psych myself up so much during auditions where I'm like, fuck this, this, this. And then I blink. Yep. And I'm like, fuck. Everything goes out the door. Some of the that's why people see they when they see some actors who go on and they get these roles, mm-hmm. they go, they're not great actors. Yeah, but they're a better auditioner than you. They impressed mm-hmm. in that room, so they got the role. Yeah. So some of the best actors that I know, sometimes they don't book well because the audition part is the part that doesn't get them through the door. But I know that they'll kill it if you give them the fucking opportunity. Yeah. I mean, that's the hard part. Like everything's a fucking craft, man. I'm mm-hmm. the worst auditioner on earth, dude. I fucking hate it. I like when you audition, you have to have a, a multitude of different outfits to match that role. Mm-hmm. You have to come in. And I just, I just don't give a fuck enough. So I love podcasting. Mm-hmm. I could wear these slippers. I got these sweats on. I don't mm-hmm. fucking care. But when you're on audition, you're there to impress because it's, it's their money and it's yeah. their time. Oh, I fucking hate it. I yeah. also felt weird about going into auditions because at USC, they always made it seem like you had to fit a very cookie cutter version of what an actor is supposed to be because mm-hmm. it's a liberal arts fucking artsy fartsy school so everyone was very like woke and very uh pc and very afraid of saying anything that was too edgy 
Yeah, and so yeah, it, yeah, fe- yeah. it felt like I'm I'm not somebody who like can just kind of pretend to be like a certain way. Like, hi, my name is Kat, and this is like I just wasn't that cookie cutter version of like what USC said. This is how you book shit. Mm-hmm. And I would try to be that version of it at auditions, and it just felt fucking gross. Mm. I would go in, and I'm like, it, it was like a version of myself, and that I disassociate. Like, who the fuck is that bitch? Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. is that bitch in this audition room? Who the hell? Yeah, is that? And who said that this was okay? I mean, that's good that you found that out early on, because a lot of people try to push themselves into a mold just because they said that they were going to do it. Yeah. But you find out new things about yourself all the time. I thought I wanted to do stand up for the rest of my life, and Turns out I don't even like stand up that much. Yeah. Like I, I still do it because mm-hmm. I have a like an urge or an itch to do it here and there, but I don't it doesn't make me happy. And I had to accept that out of my I mean it was like a few years ago. Like mm-hmm. I I did um I did the uh what's the place in Irvine? Fucking uh what? Irvine Spectrum? No, no, no. It was uh, the Improv? The, the improv. Mm-hmm. We we I went there, did great, and didn't feel anything. I was like, oh, that didn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, oh, cool. I made people laugh. And then I walked off stage and I was like, and that was the first time my buddy Khalif saw me do stand up. And he was like, dude, you're fucking funny. Like, I mm-hmm. didn't know you did stand I was like, dude, I just stand up until I was 16. And I went up there and then I left and I didn't feel good. I'm like, oh. Did you used to get like a validation from it before? I used to, I used to get a high off of it. Like, when yeah. you kill a set, it made you feel really good. Mm-hmm. And then the set felt good and I just felt okay about it. And I'm like, oh, this isn't my joy anymore. Like, this used to, really make me happy and i found out that i can get that same feeling from doing a podcast Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be on stage it could be through film it could be through anything else so the thing that i enjoy is affecting people's life in a positive way Mm -hmm. whether whether people agree or disagree with that that's just what i feed off it doesn't have to be stand-up it could be food yeah it could be food where i create these businesses people walk away and they walk away with a smile i found that out when i did soft serve for the first time when I, I would sit at that store, people would eat. Oh, the, the one in K-Town? Yeah. That one's so fucking good. I know. It fucking, oh God. Well, now I have a new one coming up. So they, um, yeah, people would eat the soft serve and I saw them smile and that shit filled up my heart. It made me feel really good. You're an Asian dad. That's what it is. You're <laughs> an Asian dad. <laughs> I'm like, he, they enjoyed my soft Acts serve. service. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, look at that. They they enjoyed the soft serve and it mm. made me happier than yeah. doing stand-up. And I'm like, uh, stand-up might be something that I'll always do. But I'll do it for fun. It's not going to be a career. Yeah. You know, who knows? I say this now, it might change because stand up, mm-hmm. I could do it when I'm 40, 50 years old. It doesn't matter. Dude, there's not like a timestamp on it. Exactly. So I can always come back to it, you know? Same with acting for me. I just like, I like it, but I don't think I like it or love it enough to pursue it actively. Mm-hmm. I see some of my friends who I had in USC, like basically went through this program with. And they are still trying to go down that route because they love it so much. And I just look at them like, I don't have that. Yeah. I don't love it. That's it. Like, I can't, and I can't fake it. I felt like I was just wasting time and trying to convince myself, like, oh, you still like this. You just need to try harder or fall in love with it again. But it's not, it's not that's that. Not it just it wasn't for me. Yeah. yeah. It's not how, I mean, acting it was just too. a way for me to get out of San Jose. And yeah. I came to terms with that. And you know what? Acting too is so hard because there's, such a slim chance that you'll be successful. Yeah. You know, you have to really love this grind. And people who get on TV shows here and there doesn't mean that they've made it. Like there's it only doesn't. a few spots. Like they get paid for that day or two. They get their day rate, reoccurring mm-hmm. cast member. Or they, they get might- a stipend. Yeah. And yeah. they may not get another job for the next year or two. I had a friend of mine who came on this podcast. She was talking to me about how uh, her friends from back at home were like, I saw you on this TV show. You made it. And she's like, bitch, I'm living in this studio fucking apartment with three people. What yeah. makes you think I made it? Like I got this check. 
cool. It was like, whatever, 40, 50 Gs. Now that has to last me for this whole year because I haven't booked anything in the last eight months. Yeah, that, that's the crazy part about acting that I think a lot of people don't realize is that just because you see somebody who's booked maybe like a reoccurring part on this TV show and they got like one really big check, that doesn't mean that you're going to have longevity in this career. Yeah, It does not give you any sort of financial stability at all. And even trying to get into the union is a fucking bitch yeah. about itself. And you, you don't have anything to kind of cover yourself with in terms of like health insurance mm -hmm. and it's wild i just i did i didn't love it enough to put up with all that other stuff like i That's can work why. a regular fucking job get all these regular benefits get a 401k mm -hmm. and i will be perfectly happy just as happy as if i was on a show and getting the same thing it's just, just i don't want to do feet, the <laughs> yeah and now i show my feet for a living and it's dope <laughs> that's how i told my dad i was i was so nervous about it and i talked to my mom she's like i don't see why not like i was a coffee shop girl even though like your dad and i are really conservative at the end of the day like you got to make your money how you make your money. As long as you're okay with yourself, you can look yourself in the mirror. Like that's, that's all that matters. Like I, I don't think I would like you to go out and like do nudity or anything, but like, that's up to you. And I told her like, I don't think I'm good with nudity either, but I'm going to do it to the extent that I'm comfortable with. But I, I just, I, I don't have the like little push to mm -hmm. finally do it. My mom told me, go talk to your dad, see what he says. That's I was crazy. like, oh shit, okay. So I went up to my dad. I was like, hey, dad, I have this business opportunity that I have. How fucking <laughs> funny the way you phrased it, dude. Yeah, I was like, this business opportunity. Get the fuck out of here, dude. That's hilarious. I was like, so there's this thing called OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, what is it? I'm like, you know Instagram? He's like, yeah. I was like, it, it's like Instagram, but you have to pay to see everything. I'm like, okay. So people want to see pictures of my feet. And he's like, oh yeah why wouldn't you do it? i was like well people also want to see other stuff and i'm like willing to do other stuff he's like okay but what's the other stuff it's like well me in a bikini mm -hmm. he's like well you're at the beach other people see you in a bikini I'm like me in my bra and underwear he's like our family is damn near a nudist family like, i've been walking around in a speedo like, around the house since you were fucking seven your mother was a hooker when i met her so it's and okay her pussy, yeah. you, know? you came out the pussy it's okay man yeah he's all happy about yeah, it yeah he's like so, yeah but why how not? much money are you making it's like i could retire you pretty soon mm -hmm. okay be my guest well i didn't even think i was going to make that much money off of it i thought it was just going to be like an extra maybe like a extra grand or so yeah and so when i did that i made a lot more that's crazy dude. and uh i told my dad and when my dad found out he's like oh my god that's crazy and now i'm buying him a corvette i want to be a girl so bad <laughs> minus the periods, <laughs> minus the periods. <laughs> can i can i not trade that's the trade-off you guys mm -hmm. get fucking periods but you could get people to want to see you mm -hmm. fucking naked so bad yeah that's crazy. But the wild thing is that like now people who used to fuck with me are so angry at me for that. Why? Because on one hand, it's people like, oh, I'm disappointed in you. I thought you were like this innocent girl, like who wasn't going to show off her body. Now you're uh, almost like damaged goods. And mm. then there's another section that's mad at me because it's like, how dare you monetize off of us sexualizing you for the last three years? <laughs> it's like, what? are you talking about yeah. hey, back man. when i was conservative as fuck and wearing like tank tops and a sweater if i had like this much cleavage out the comments would just be like did you zoom in i zoomed in like 
bitch. Dude, the, the, the girls here. Uh, it came up on a podcast, but girls were talking about, oh, is it podcast or JK News? But the girls have like a whole Reddit section about them. I have read a section about me. Uh, see, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You guys sexualize them anyways. And yeah. I'm talking about this Reddit shit is fucking hilarious. Like, mm -hmm. there's people like superimposing their oh, face. Oh, Tiff told me about the, or she has deep fakes. I was like, Jesus. I'm pretty crazy. sure all those girls have fucking deep fakes, yeah. dude. Like, they, they're like superimposing their face on mm -hmm. shit. It's like, who the fuck told me this? I think one of the girls told me, but yeah. it's like dudes like jacking off to their photos and yeah. having a photo of just mm. their face or some shit of them jacking mm. off. Like, what the fuck <gasps> is this weird Reddit world about? Some guy sent me a DM. It was a video of him. He uh, put his flashlight in between his couch. So it's like Can stuck right there and he starts fucking it. And he does a video With like, a this, is, this is what uh, you make me want to do. And then he's like fucking his flashlight that he's smushed in between his couch cushions. That's crazy. Crazy, I have on dude. my phone right now. Get the fuck Because when people ask me, here. like, what's one of the wildest things that people send you? I'm like, this is a good way to start off. This is what I get. This That's is why I don't read my DMs anymore. Easy, man. Mm -hmm. Like that whole Reddit world too. Like I, I don't, I'm no, I don't really go on Reddit. Yeah. It's just a little, it's hard for me to navigate. I'm not, I don't, I don't know why, but it's not a very clean UI mm -hmm. and it bothers me. It's like my OCD. Yeah. It's like the, it's almost like the old blogs. It's like a forum. Mm -hmm. it, it bothers me. I can't, I can't be on that website. Mm -hmm. It's just like a per, per, particularity that I have. Yeah. When they were talking about that, that 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 uh that the whole Reddit section, it's just mm. it's crazy to me. It's um, crazy. Like uh, oh, Tiff was telling me on this podcast years ago they have a uh, fanfix or fanfic fan fiction. Yes, that's what uh, Fifty Shades of Grey turned out to be. It was a fanfic of Twilight. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah. Really. Twilight was an inspiration for Fifty Shades of Grey. It was a fanfic, and it got so popular that it became a book and now a movie. What the fuck? Wild, yeah, right? Dude, and then when uh, I was talking about fanfics, either it was on the podcast or JK News, there yeah. was people who were upset. They're like, fanfics aren't only sexual, blah, blah, blah. It's some, I was like, get, get out of here, dude. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here, dude. It's sexual. You know, you ain't got a front, bro. Yeah. You ain't got a front. That's just mad sexual, dude. Yeah. You're talking about these these weird scenarios. Mm -hmm. I, I won't say weird. It's just these scenarios that you desire out of these people, mm -hmm. which I guess is fine, but there's a community for it. And it's yeah. actually pretty popping on Reddit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't That's imagine crazy. that shit, though. That's, that shit's fucking yeah. crazy. Reddit triggers me. Really? Yeah, Reddit fucking... Because Fighter and the Kid has the most toxic fucking Reddit page that I've ever seen. And it's one of those things where I started working for them. I didn't know what it was. Somebody sent it to me. I saw it. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is like actually fucking scary. Oh, and no. now anytime... Because I was handling the social media stuff, anytime something with Reddit popped up, I'm always like, fuck, fuck. Like, I don't want to look at it. It's almost like watching a beheading video in my Dude, <laughs> the fighter and the kid thing is real, man. It's like, um, like Brendan's, uh, like they, they fucking psychoanalyze everything that he does. Everything. Uh, and it's never that deep. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's just talking, dude. Like, yeah. and also too, like we tell so many stories on this shit. We change small things here and there. We mm -hmm. Sometimes we explain it more for, they're like, well, they said this last time. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, we explained it a little further. It's like yeah. pretty much the same story. But or he shortened the story for Exactly, yeah. dude. Like it's not, it's not that fucking deep but you know brendan too like he's he he's polarizing i will say it's it's a good problem to have though like, it's a good problem to have because you make money off of it yeah and people are talking about him for yeah. a fucking reason but like the fighter and the kid thing like it's it's crazy they they that's their community they, they want to yeah. talk about something that they have a common mm -hmm. um, whether it's good or bad yeah they, they enjoy and then there's good stuff too when they have a dope guest and yeah. they like the chemistry mm -hmm. it's, it's a pretty interesting community yeah. yeah, for me, I'm just like, I just don't want to see it. It could be there and live on the internet. I just don't, don't want to see it. 
So anytime people try to send it to me, I'm like, please don't. We all got I fucking t- Reddit people just trashing us all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I mean, that's that's just the that's the stuff that I knew that I was getting into. It's yeah. like when so, once I'm out in the public eye, everything that I say is going to be scrutinized. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. It's like, well, I remember somebody coming at me saying like, you once said this, you were so. I was like, yeah, I changed my mind. <laughs> that's another thing. People think you can't change your mind. Yeah, like you can't just form another opinion with different inf- with different information that has been presented to you. Yeah, or like you aged out of something where you're like, oh, I don't think like that anymore. Yeah, I, I completely changed my mind. What's the problem? Because yeah. then the fight ends and they have nothing else to like, no leg to stand on. They're like, <laughs> oh, well, this is an issue. You don't want to fight. Yeah, like, it's no. like, what are you fucking perfect, dude? I don't know yeah. what the fuck. I was saying some shit and I thought I was right, and it turns out I had a conversation with somebody else, and I'm like, I don't think like that way anymore. Yeah. And and it's a problem. It's everybody wants to be perfect the first time, and it never works out that way. Yeah, there's no there's no forgiveness anymore. Like there really isn't. There's I, no empathy from anybody. Oh, dude, it's it's. And, but that's the funny thing too, because they think that they're the empathy generation, but you're not. You're mm-hmm. looking to bring people down to bring yourself up, and it never works mm-hmm. out well for that way because it doesn't make you feel good at the end of the day. You have to keep doing that over yeah. and over and over, and it's exhausting, man. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I don't know, man. Like everybody can change. Like as as long as they show it, and even if you don't show it, I don't care about you enough, dude. Yeah, I don't fucking care. You can't police what everybody does. Because change shouldn't be perf- like a performance. Yeah, it's not something that I need to show everyone. Like, hey guys, I've changed. I'm good now, right? Like, it's I, not for you. Like, I'm even telling people to stop. Like, there's personal friends that I know that have mm-hmm. the exact opposite feeling how I have about certain things that are very. Uh, polarizing like blm mm-hmm. i know somebody that's a relative that fucking hates blm mm-hmm. and my thing to them i just had a conversation with them i was like honestly you're allowed to have your opinion i get mm-hmm. it i'm not mad at you i'm like but i will say, i just say my piece i go you have an opinion about a group of people that you don't know yeah you're a dude that only grew up around asian people you have some white friends here and there you've never had a conversation with a black person never been a part of their community but you want to tell them how to live their life Mm-hmm. So at that point, we just leave it at that. And we're still good friends. Yeah. You could have your opinion about that. Some people can't do that. Though. Some <laughs> yeah. people want to fight. And I just tell them like, hey, just don't bring that shit around me because it's going to get under my skin. Yeah. But other than that, we cool, bro. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I, I said my piece. If it doesn't change your mind, that is what it is. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just don't be disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got to leave it at that. Yeah. And he doesn't. And he's mad respectful about it. And that's all. Yeah. See, that's the best way to do it. But then a lot of people don't. It's almost like I feel like a lot of people do this shit as a performance to mm-hmm. show other people like hey i'm on the good side or hey i'm a rebel yeah it's one or the other and it's like why does everything have to be a fucking fight i just don't care anymore now yeah I'm, it's like I'm, I'm exhausted it's for our sanity because imagine if we had to care about every little thing it's yeah. hard man i just started reading about the stuff that's happening in the fucking middle east right now and there's so much to read about it's, it's like draining. every time i see one of those like little kids crying on oh, those dude, videos, i me. fucking cry i will bawl my eyes out people are asking me to talk i, like, I don't know what to talk about like it, there's yeah. so much and it's so history deep mm-hmm. you can't have me speak about that on this podcast because yeah. i don't know what i'm talking about yeah that's something Something that I'm gonna stay off of, like I'll, mm-hmm. like everybody has a side on this one, mm-hmm. and I just, I just don't want them to feel pain. But how dumb is that for me to say, <laughs> you yeah. know? So I just kind of stay away from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that that wraps. Damn, we've been doing this for two fucking hours. What? Holy shit! That went Jesus by so Christ. fast. That was amazing. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I mean, thank <laughs> you for coming on. That was a dope fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can they find you? That's <laughs> your OnlyFans, <laughs> oh, baby. Uh, OnlyFans slash T three I's three E's and an N. It's the same as my Instagram handle. That's dope. Well, that's Genius Brain Podcast every Thursdays and Sundays, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Peace. <laughs>